Nick Cage does snuff. The chairman of the board determines who's the boss, and the best week for Street Fighter is followed by the worst. This week on 30 Welcome to 302010, ladies and gentlemen. The Laser Time Network's pop culture time machine taking you back each week 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Back into a look at the releases in movies, TV, music, video games, news, and more. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. How are you? I'm spinning bird kicker, Diana Goodman. <laughs> it's me, Sarah, guesting on all your shows for Sweeps Week. <laughs> and that's an important <laughs> thing to mention. It is Sweeps Week. And I had, had to explain that to somebody when we were talking about that. Sweeps is almost... It seems like it should be illegal. Mm-hmm. It's that week where the television ratings set the bar for what they're going to charge advertisers, so they pull out all the stops, do crossovers, get major, major guest stars, uh, do huge events to almost to unfairly rig a mm-hmm. high number so they can charge advertisers throughout the next six, six months. That's happening this week. This week being February 22nd through the 28th, we're going to take you all the way back to 1989, 1999, and 2009. It's Sweeps Week, and there's a little bit of Oscars, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, yeah. I just want to plug Laser Time's Oscar, Oscar Time 2019. I think it's our sixth, seventh edition. Diana, uh, Diana, uh, Diana, Michael, and I have been the, the main consistent ones where we watch every Oscar-nominated uh, movie for Best Picture, so you don't have to, and we break them all down and write do our best to write funny sketches in between. Doesn't always work, but it's it's it. I love doing it. It feels like SNL. It's yeah. just it's got to be done. It's fun. Got to be done. It can't be great. It turned out great this year. <laughs> it was so much fun. Uh, the greatest of which is complaining about the Academy Awards in uh, Andrew Dice Clay's accent. Please go listen to that. <laughs> We're still giggling about it. Yes, he's in one of the Oscar movies. It's an, it's incredible. Uh, but this is 30 2010. We don't. We're not dealing with any 2019 here. We're only dealing with 89, 99, and 2009. Including something I devastated that I missed last week. Um, I, we rarely ever do that, but we're playing something out of its week order because I totally missed it. But anyway, beginning as we always do in 1989, a little bit of news to start us off. Both technology news uh, and I, little pieces of technology news. Diana may know more about this than me because you're a big Beatles fan, right? Yeah. Uh, Apple Core and Apple Apple Apple. Steve Jobs, Apple, Apple have computers. been have been in a series of lawsuits throughout the last like thirty years. I remember when like the when the Beatles finally came to iTunes, there were billboards all over California. Oh yeah, and and I was like, that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Finally, I can listen to the Beatles. <laughs> but it was more of a big deal for Apple itself because they'd been in conflict for thirty years, weird yeah. conflict. Once they came out, especially when with iTunes, when mm-hmm. they're like, it's Apple Music, mm-hmm. and the Beatles estates are all like, we, we already have a company called Apple. We had a company for, we've had it for 50 years, yep. and it's about music. Now you stepping on our dicks. What you doing, Steve Jobs? And it's, it's, it's sort of a bullshit lawsuit, but it's also sort of like, dude, they did exist before you, and it is about music. Mm-hmm. And they had kind of settled, uh, I think back in like 78, 81 they had settled a lawsuit with uh, Steve Jobs, Apple, and then all of a sudden, now like the, the Macintosh releases a new form of MIDI technology, i.e. music, which Apple Records claims violates their settlement. So the lawsuit oh. kicks back in again, and this will happen periodically throughout time. <laughs> Apple versus Apple. Wow. And I do think this is wonderfully ironic 
This week in 1989, February 22nd through the 28th, it is reported that vinyl records are beginning to disappear from record stores. Store what? by yeah, Damn. store by store. But they're called record stores. I know, <laughs> <laughs> and will be forevermore. <laughs> uh, store by store record albums are being pulled from stores and replaced with a little thing called compact discs, which are taking over. The trend is happening faster than anyone predicted, and in some stores, LPs are less than 10% of the music sales, and some are predicting that 12-inch records will be gone from stores in two years. Wow. What <gasps> the holy fuck? Like, that has totally reversed itself. No, Nobody sells CDs anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I think Best Buy just declared they won't sell CDs anymore, but they are selling vinyl. We don't have any CD stores in uh, this t- in the town I'm in now. We have plenty of... Re- we have a really good record we store. We have one really good one. Yeah. Shout out to our buddy Sherrod over at Retrofit. But uh, yeah. yeah, totally. it totally flipped. It completely I flipped. I mean, it's so cliche at this point, but we are in the weirdest timeline. Mm-hmm. It is Nothing just, is right! It's, everything is crazy. <laughs> I'm not mad about this part of the timeline, honestly. Like, I've gotten into records because mm-hmm. I'm basic. But like, yeah, I'm into it. I'm, I'm happy about this small detail that we have yeah. records everywhere. No, no matter what millennials end up killing, I'll always... Always love them for bringing back records. Yeah, exactly. My records. You You're know, welcome. You Goodbye, know, napkins. Hello, <laughs> records. You know, <laughs> you know who else will like the. Uh, As I'm drinking it? a glass of rose, by the way. <laughs> my cat. My cat cannot uh, knock over and sit on a CD case, mm-hmm. which he loves doing oh. with records. Mm-hmm. That's uh, true. Oh my god, they were my pet chinchilla's favorite food. Oh god, really? Just, oh my god, anything like. It's so annoying because chinchillas are like rats where their teeth grow constantly and they have to gnaw on stuff to keep huh. them filed down. But he wouldn't gnaw on any of the little chew rocks and everything we got him. But old paper was his favorite thing. And I love used books and old oh, ass no. records. And so I still end up pulling something. He, t- you know, he, he died 10 years ago and I still end up pulling out an old album and it's just like the record just falls right out of it because he just Aww. shredded the side. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I miss Chinzilla. R.I.P. Chinzilla. Oh, Chinzilla. <laughs> yeah. Leaving little mementos for you. I remember I remember Michael calling in that day at work. Can't come in because <laughs> of Chinzilla. Um, That's family medical yeah. leave right there. You'll get uh, to it in October. <laughs> okay. The last days of Chinzilla. He was such a little bastard. He thought he was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now we're in ni- 1989, people. February 22nd through the 28th. Let's jump into movies because uh, something is right with this timeline because The Burbs is number one. That's a great movie, even though Diana hates it. I didn't hate it. <laughs> I know. I just wanted more from it, I guess. Um, but I don't know. You didn't grow up loving it. it. That's right. She's not mad. Yeah. She's disappointed. That's in the last episode. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Joe yep. Dante making a horror comedy. I can understand how you could walk in and like, this isn't gory enough. This is too family friendly. Um, That's true. Especially after Gremlins. Yeah. But new releases this week, uh, High Hopes with Philip Davis and uh, Ruth Sheen. Never heard of it. We got a Mike Lee joint, which is kind oh. of a comedy, which is weird for him. But it's like a class-based comedy. So it's going to be a bunch of working class British people uh, having problems with like snooty neighbors. Ooh. Mm. Okay. I Honestly, I'm afraid I'd never heard of it, even though I'm a Mike Lee fan. Uh, and a movie I thought I've seen, but I don't know that I have. And Bancroft, Robbie Coltrane, and Robert Lindsay. I love titles like this. Bert Rigby, you're a fool. <laughs> I do love that title. <laughs> I, boy, this is what another person I'm a fan of, Carl Reiner, uh, mm-hmm. directed this one. And I thought this was from the early 80s. And like any clips from it is like, was this made in 1982 and nobody told us? <laughs> this follow up to the jerk? Because it's about, yeah, well, because it's about like a, a guy who's into like, 
he's a coal miner, but he loves singing and dancing, old time musical theater. Then he's brought to Hollywood and he just can't stop singing and just can't stop dancing. See? And it's like, but <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I can't tell if this takes place in the 30s or now. Uh, I don't know what's happening. It depends. Is Men Without Hats playing? Horrible reviews. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid. And uh, I love Carl Reiner, but maybe, yeah, not this one. Well, sorry, Britt Rigby. You're a fool, but you're a fool. You're a fool. You're a fool. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, not everything can be American Ninja 3. As we all know, right? <laughs> the superior version Blood of Hunt. the- um, Say the name. Blood Hunt. Blood Hunt. American Ninja 3, Blood Hunt. Uh, the middle of the American Ninja Quintology. Oh, my. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I think it's the best one. Oh my! Yeah, I think it's because it's ridiculous. Uh, I don't I, remember I anything about this the plot. whole trailer. I'm tempted to tell you to run all minute and a half of this trailer because <laughs> it is the it is the perfect eighty schlock trailer. Yeah, it's got everything you want. It's got ninjas, including Marjo Gortner. <laughs> yes, I fucking love Marjo Gortner. He's in Star Crash, he gets- right? Yes, he's the bad guy. He is fascinating. There is a documentary yes. called Marjo that I. Cannot recommend highly enough. He because was because he was a child uh, evangelist, right? Like a town to town, yeah, for real. And oh he, my. he became a movie star in the seventies. But uh, right yeah. after he left that and made this documentary about like, yeah, I'm out of money right now, so I'm going to go out on the road and let me show you how I con all these people. <laughs> and he's just super upfront about. And here's what I lie to him about. And here's how I make him feel better. And then they give me money. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I've, meant, I've been it's really to interesting. Track down that doc ever since I watched Mystery Science Theater episode Star Crash with David Star Hasselhoff. Star Crash. Uh, Robbie Coltrane is also in this. And oh wait, no, no, this is uh, no. Marjo Gordner, <laughs> Steve, J- Steve James, David Bradley, uh, American Ninja Three, Blood Hunt. Thrust into a dangerous arena of double dealing, <laughs> the champion must now become a warrior and prove himself faster, stronger, braver than a force of super ninja. <laughs> And more powerful than any who have come before to thwart a plot of worldwide domination. What is going- Fuck, I love this so much. It even has like a <laughs> NES soundtrack wow. going there. Oh, God, I don't know what to watch now. Yeah, so no, it's about a karate master who's in a competition and then he has to... <laughs> he, I think he's also a ninja, maybe secretly, because there's some point where a lady was like, no, he's not just some American. He's a ninja. <laughs> and then there's explosions and punching and fighting. I, I love it. That's how much Diana loves you. She I bothered to it. tell you the plot of American Ninja. <laughs> uh, I thought I it was mean, a new title. This, I, I, seriously, I watched this whole trailer like three times. It's so I was really like, good. This feels like such a parody. And it's like, no, no, it's, it's not. It, this is dead serious. It's dead serious. It's, it's sincere. There's a scene where a, a ninja shoots an arrow at him and they cut to him catching it. But it's like someone clearly underhandedly <laughs> lobbed the arrow at him. Like, good job, man. So this isn't for children. Uh, no, no. Okay. This okay. is a hard R. It was, I mean, it's hard to say from the, the trailer, to be honest. Okay. Just even, curious. Even though, like, these did... End up like at slumber parties and stuff. I think they. I, they yeah. I mean, it's a perfect slumber party this, movie. I feel like. Are these a? Uh, uh, um, oh my god, a Golan Globus joint. They did these, yep. right? Of course. Yep. Uh, but not to be confused with Lloyd Kaufman, who has. I think this is this his first sequel. This might be Toxic Avenger Part Two. Speaking of uh, speaking of sequels that I think are the best of the series, I think Toxic Avenger Two is my favorite. I think you're right. Think Even you're better right. than Toxic Avenger Three: Last Temptation of Toxie. Even better than Citizen uh, <laughs> Toxie, Toxic Avenger 4? 
Even better. <laughs> I think this this is the one that has everything I want. Which is the um, one that runs when he runs over the old lady and uh, her headless body just shits itself for like two minutes. <laughs> it's really good, but it's it, but I, I love the difference here that American Ninja doesn't know it's making trash, but Lloyd Kaufman does. Yeah, so Troma ex- always knows. Mm-hmm. Explain a little bit about Troma because it's something that I am like peripherally aware of as like being friends with Kevin Cass and mm-hmm. part of that. Like, so it's something I've always heard of, but I'm not quite sure I've ever yeah, had Lloyd, a grasp on what it Lloyd exactly Kaufman is. This beautiful man who I think like fell in love with the can do anybody can make a film efforts of the early 70s and mm-hmm. the mid 70s and just kept that alive throughout the 80s and kind of flourished. I think all their movies are now on YouTube. Uh, certain people yep. get their starts there, like James Gunn. That's why Lloyd Kaufman's ah, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Okay. Uh, I think yep. Trey oh, Parker. You know, who Mas- has, you know who has a start in this one? Sorry to interrupt. No, go This ahead. is Michael Jai White's film debut. <laughs> Black Dynamite. Really? Black Dynamite. Oh, my God. Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite. Oh, God. I really want speak just once again. I wanted to do what I'd wanted to do, but I couldn't get the uh, approval of my fellow white people. Mm. Was to mm-hmm. do a Black Panther trailer like the black dynamite trailer because i love that guy's oh, yeah. voice so yeah. much he's dynamite i love the way that guy screams <laughs> uh but yes toxic avenger part two is out this week in 1989 here's a bit of the trailer he was the first superhero from new jersey he came to tromaville and single-handedly wiped out crime corruption and chemical waste the name's avenger the toxic avenger how I? Holy shit! But this time, there's trouble not just in Tromaville. Messy, messy, messy. But also in Tokyo. <laughs> so, yes, Troma goes to tro- Troma goes to Tokyo town. Wow. Yeah, how how does Toxie get to get to Japan? No. He windsurfs there. <laughs> oh, there's as just you a do. shot of him getting on a windsurf, and he just starts going, and he's like leaving New Jersey, and then there's another shot of him just pulling up in Japan. That's another thing that to, to to love about Troma. They're they're um they're fiercely independent. They're like not unlike a maybe like a better paying Roger Corman. I don't know. I can't confirm that. No, uh, worse paying. I somehow Definitely doubt that. Worse paying. But it, it does even it, cheaper. It, it has the vibe of a bunch of friends volunteering, but also Tox Avenger is not unpolitical. Mm. It is mm. it's not and, and a lot of their movies aren't. Hmm. Uh Poultry Guys comes to mind. But uh <laughs> My. Yeah, this one's about stopping, you know, he's he's a normal guy who's been mutated by by toxic waste. Mm-hmm. And so he's here to clean up the environment. That's why he fights with a mop. Yep, gotcha. And uh, yes, deliciously violent. <laughs> it all makes perfect sense. I'd say show your kids as a joke, but uh, they're very much, it was a cartoon of this. So your kids might have fell in love with that. They might have discovered Toxic Avenger Part 2, which came out this week, 1989. Okay, who's ready for sweeps? we got to move on to television. Um, okay. Let's cover the Grammys last. How about that? Even okay. though it happened first. Uh, but SNL, Glenn Close, and Gypsy Kings mm-hmm. are uh, are your hosts, mm-hmm. musical guests. I don't re- don't remember seeing this episode, but Glenn Close hosted the one of the eighty seven Christmas episodes, which is really good. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. She had their opening monologue. She actually had William Hurt come out and what? Um, do. Oh. 
kind of something she, very serious. Yeah, the <laughs> idea was that she would couldn't talk about herself, so he came out and gave her basically a lot of oh. backhanded compliments about how she worked so hard. She wasn't born with natural talent, that sort of thing. <laughs> it's real awkward. Uh, not the best conceived monologue. Oh, is the audience not digging it then? And then yeah, not so much. Mm. Watching uh, it a little cringy. And well, speaking of maybe a little cringy, TV movie comes out this week. Uh, Get Smart Again. This was Carl, Carl Reiner involved in this? I'm confusing Mel Brooks no. with Lloyd Kaufman. Mel Brooks. This is on the 26th in 1989. Uh, the Get Smart TV movie comes out. That's after, this is the second Get Smart movie after The Naked Bomb. I, I love Get Smart. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. one of those shows that holds up real well, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Yep. From the it's 60s. extremely silly, though. But it's it's silly in a way that kids will enjoy it, yes. but also that grown-ups will. Yeah, it's, it's Naked Gun for James Bond mm-hmm. movies, like from the 60s. You've seen the pictures of... Uh, uh, what's his name? Don Adams talking into a shoe with an antenna coming out of it. That sure. was hilarious back then. We could never imagine holding our phones on our person. <laughs> uh, wearable technology. It was there It was there in the beginning. Uh, but they came back reunited for this TV movie, Get Smart, again this week. And I have not seen this. Because uh, everyone hates the Get Smart movie that hit theaters. But uh, it was... Uh... I, think, I think it just looked like the TV show. It was like it had no... Wait, the Steve Carell one? No, that's oh. that's the third Get Smart movie. Oh, I was gonna right. say, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, the movie, movie. Yeah, no, no. No, uh, yeah, I love that Don Adams. He kept the character of Maxwell Smart alive in Inspector Gadget. He's oh. using the same voice to invoice Inspector Gadget, even though he looks so much like Inspector Clouseau that he was sued. Uh, it was not Peter Gabriel. Who am I looking for, Dive? Peter Clouseau. Sellers. There it is. Peter Sellers. Peter Gabriel. I know. It's I want a... Peter Gabriel to be in movies. But Peter Gabriel sues any, everybody. I can't stop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 27th, MacGyver uh, has, has airs. What? Is this an important episode? Well, it's guest starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Radio? Radio. Oh. Um, He's just a baby then. A baby. And he plays an ex-gang member who gets into some trouble with the police a local shop own, owner and then through investigation reveals that um, there's like a racist community that's trying to that's in the neighborhood surrounding the Challengers Club. Don't know what the Challengers Club is. No, it's, <laughs> but okay. I pulled a little bit of the clip because it is very dramatic. <laughs> oh boy. Why? Why did you kill him? Because he's black. <laughs> The name of the clip is MacGyver Takes Down a Racist. (laughs) Did MacGyver fix racism? He did. He did. He did. Basic science? Yep. He did. And what? Because you know when racists kill someone for a racist reason, they just say... I did it because I'm a racist. And, and once word gets back to their racist friends, they're like, I really did learn a lesson <laughs> by that. I took that to heart. Don't be a racist. <laughs> Don't be, shouldn't be racist anymore. But in so, so when I was looking at this, I was looking for eclipse. I stumbled upon, there's there are two different fan-made trailers for this episode <laughs> with modern wow. day rap music set behind it. And it is, they're both great. So I just, you only have to play like 10 seconds of this. You'll recognize what this song is. <laughs> the Challengers Club will work. Oh, reaction has a reaction. 
proud. I was like. I am so proud to be the 873rd view on this video on yeah. YouTube. <laughs> Uh, everybody should check it out. MacGyver, the challenge trailer number one, Richard Dean Anderson. You can't miss it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are, <laughs> there's only one other to confuse it with. Yeah. Uh, and on the 27th, Columbo, Murder, Smoke, and Shadows with guest star Fisher Stevens and Jeffrey Perry. Jeffrey Perry, who you might know, recognized from um, Scandal, all the Shondura nope. um, mm. rhymes joints. He plays. He played the bad guy the in... Um, well, spoiler alert, in Scandal. He's oh. also in Grey's Anatomy. If you saw a picture of him, you would totally recognize him. He's that guy and everything. Can't say but the same for Fisher Stevens. Fish- I can't recognize <laughs> him without true. the brown face. <laughs> but yeah, this is a very convoluted plot, but it was very fun where Fisher Stevens was a young filmmaker, and it's discovered in his first film that, tragically, his female star died on the way to filming, but then Columbo finds out, no, she died during filming, <laughs> and it was <gasps> cover-up. Oh. Pretty intense. Damn it, Fisher. Fisher, man. And, uh, man, so it sweeps, and there's a very special episode of Who's the Boss that airs on the 28th. Mm-hmm. I would say it has the biggest guest star in the world that nobody listening will care about. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, a, it's a huge deal. Butchers, butchers, golly. <laughs> uh, yes, this week on Who's the Boss, very special guest star. Let's see if you can get it from The Voice. I've had a few... Excuse me, would you hand me a napkin, please? Hey, what's the matter? Your arm broke? Oh, my God, it's you here. Have the whole stack. Oh, very much. Thank you. Can the idiot drop that drink all over my coat? Oh, oh, wait a minute. This is not your way. Don't, don't, don't do that. No, no. The trick is to use a little club soda and give you a pat. You don't rub. With my shirt. <laughs> so what? This is so nothing. It's so nothing. But it's I, such a throwaway. But well, I, I this is the the rare occasion where I get to play the race card oh. because I didn't grow mm-hmm. up uh, feeling like being Italian was in any way part of my identity, mm-hmm. and uh, I think my dad had a little less of that, but my grandfather had all of that. Uh, <laughs> calling him a grease ball would piss him off. He'd be like sweetest dude alive, and the only time he ever got mad when he almost hit me was when the TV movie. Uh, Sinatra was airing because like Frank Sinatra to him achieved the most of what any Italian American could do it he took Mm -hmm. him very seriously and I'm guessing Tony Mm -hmm. Danza does too oh yeah which is why like there's not funny lines in this sequence they don't write a character for Frank Sinatra they just have him treating him like he probably would really Mm -hmm. treat Frank Sinatra look no further than Joe Pesci uh, Joe Piscopo's impression of Sinatra which he ran by his people (laughs) uh like Frank Sinatra was lauded by the Italian community in a way that I don't oh, yeah. I don't really get, but I'm glad I got to see a little of because everybody loved that dude. It is interesting to see my family because we're going to be seeing a lot of guest star um, in this episode, a lot of guest stars because, like we said, sweet sweeps week. It's see, it's interesting to see who they treat as like. This is the person you're looking at. Like, this is Frank Sinatra. We're not going to pretend like he's, you know, Hank Shmamatra or something yeah. else. You know, like, <laughs> we're re- this is really him. And this is what the whole story, the whole story revolved around this. It yeah, was this- Angela had or was going to a party and she could only bring one person. And so Tony and Mona were like competing to see who could go to the party with her. And then it ends up that Angela can't go. So they try to sneak in hijinks ensue they all end up getting kicked out of the party before any of them can see frank sinatra yeah yeah and and remember like frank sinatra didn't 
require attention. So mm-hmm. he said no. He'd already been a movie star. He'd mm-hmm. already been the biggest singer in the world. Uh, he's he's ah Dean and Sammy look like they're having so much fun in Cannonball Run. Maybe I'll be in the next one, but I'm only going to sit in this one room away from everybody <laughs> because I don't really care to show mm-hmm. up. But he showed up for this, and it's also important because it's his last television appearance. Yeah, uh, he would. Wow. He, I think he's dead in a year, within the year. Yeah, uh, no, ten years. What? Ten years? He died. No, he yeah, he dies at well, no, like yeah, ninety eight. Oh, he does. I thought he was. Yeah, he, I think I'm thinking of when that Sinatra movie aired. My grandfather almost. Oh, me. Uh, <laughs> that's that's at least when his love for you died. <laughs> yes, he, yeah, he, he he would bring it up at like every one of my birthdays. My greatest grandson Christopher <laughs> is turning 25. But 15 years ago, I was trying to watch Sinatra. And he, like he, uh, he never forgot about that shit. He loved Frank Sinatra so I, much. And you know, I wonder how much of this appearance by Frank Sinatra might have had something to do with maybe a little mutual respect between him and Tony Danza, like also being a pro- prominent Italian American. Yeah, yeah. No, I have to. I'm, Tony that's, Danza that's the is only Italian American. T- right? I never get He's to not, play the race card, okay. but like, dude, <laughs> yeah. they fucking love this guy. Yeah, exactly. And me, I'm like, wow. He sounds like ten other singers from this era. I don't get it, mm-hmm. but. <laughs> But it, uh, I'm not- I feel I always feel very split on Frank Sinatra because he's yeah he's so important to Italian Americans they love him so much uh, so many of his fans suck yes <laughs> and he is a person who's incredibly talented and also a bad person yep well and so it's like ah uh, I like I respect him but I don't and I like his fit but I don't and it's just, uh, it's okay it's yeah. okay it's in the past you don't even have to have an opinion of frank sinatra yeah that's kind of where i try to li- i mean i admit as we all know mm-hmm. i have lots of opinions mm-hmm. about people mm-hmm. and how they have been in the past and how i should feel about that mm-hmm. frank sinatra is just one of the ones i just can't muster the energy for when i'm in the olive garden that's the only time i think of frank sinatra <laughs> yeah or i'm watching something with seth mcfarland he, sam- make, he makes sure i think of it uh, yeah sam mm-hmm. actually made pasta the other night from scratch and I put well, on a little Frank Sinatra, like cause that's right. like the only time. Put I on think some about Dean it. Martin. <laughs> oh, you got, okay. Yeah, it's like I no his music and his acting. I I like him, and also sometimes I don't like him. Mm-hmm. But no, I feel like he's he's important in the history of popular music. I think his good. Out, yes. I think his good outweighs its bad. Well, he gave us Ronan Farrow, so. <laughs> You don't know that yet. And if anybody would scoop it, he would. Who, by the way, is great on Kimmy Schmidt. He's a Ronan Farrow. Yes, he's really? a recurrent character on Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. As himself. I'm behind uh, exposing exposing sexual misconduct on a Sesame Street style show oh, involving wow. one of the puppets. Oh, <laughs> <yeah>. Okay, <laughs> I'm like uh, fully obsessed with Schitt's Creek right now. I can't watch anything else. I'm, I'm done with the Oscar movies. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> yeah, so much free time. <laughs> yeah, I played is so clean, and I'm so full. I don't know what to do. But you know what? And for games, uh, I just noticed there's not a lot of other games for February, and arcade games don't have very solid dates. So I just pulled one at random that I knew came out in 1989 to talk about it for a second. One of my favorite games, Final Fight, is out presumably this week somewhere in 1989. And then there were no fighting games ever again because this was the final one. <laughs> yeah, Japan Yay. really did lean a lot on that that term final, but Final Fight is just one of the best products of the 90s. It's one of the reasons why when early like a, and when I came into that rare uh, classic corner with Diana to talk about the Warriors, the Warriors I think inspired all games like Final Fight and Streets of Rage where you walk from neighborhood to neighborhood and meet candy-colored gang members new ones every single time you walk to a different neighborhood. That's all this is. You walk right in Metro City. All of these characters, uh, Mike Hagar, Cody, uh, they would, Rolento, they would all end up showing up in 
uh, the Street Fighter series. That's now where they live. But uh, I really, really want someday for Street Fighter. Oh, I should send a message to someone over there to have a Final Fight style game because when Final Final Fight is an amazing arcade first arcade game, the sequels on the SNES added some Street Fighter mechanics, so you could do special moves and there's some Street Fighter cameos in there. But it just walk right and punch people until they fall down and go. Bruh! It's a really good final fight impression, and none of you guys are getting it. That's what Kiki sounded like when she barfed earlier. Let's see if it happens again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn all the mics up, yeah, so we can catch it. Uh, but final fight fills me full of extra joy, and uh, some players out there will get that joke. That is out somewhere in 1989. Let's turn to the music of 1989. Wow, new releases. Jed by the Goo Goo Dolls. Wow, the Goo Goo Dolls. Dude, they were, were like, around back then. Dude, they were like the uh, yeah. a fucking punk band that people like all my fucking punk rock friends would go and see Damn. until until they went like full fucking City of Angels soundtrack when that like defined how they True. sounded. But yeah, they were like a pop punk band in the in the early in the late eighties. Hmm. Uh, Oranges and Lemons by XTC, who we are talking about again, and the Indigo Girls se- uh, self titled second album is out. Please Something. tell me what song we're gonna. We're gonna end up with the Indigo Girl song from this album. Oh, I there were so many, but I wasn't sure where to go. I was hoping one of you guys knew the Indigo Girls. Oh yeah, I like I like well closer. I like hot hot sticky men. That's a good one. Okay, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) I mean I think it has to be closer to fine. What What are you talking about? Wait, are we not familiar? Closer I am to fire. No more. Keep going. <laughs> no, keep no. going. I'm sweating again. <laughs> that makes me so nervous. Okay. Well, that's like the, ind- like if you know an Indigirl girl song, no. that's the one. It's the one they sing in the office all the time. What? You mean like your office or the show? No, the show, the I'm office. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Oh, wow. I'm on a podcast hangover here, uh, but that's all right. We'll close out with Closer to Fine. How about okay. that? Okay. Right. Oh, you want to talk about the, um, what's it called? The thing. The Grammys. Oh, oh the, the Grammys. Gra- we should talk about the Grammys. the Grammys. The Grammys came out this week. Here, who was, was awarded with such and such. Um, oh, yay. George Michael for Faith. For for Faith. Best album of the year. And even when a black dude wins, proving that it was voted on by white people, it's Don't Worry, Be Happy, <laughs> taking record and song of the year by Bobby yeah. McFerrin. There are very few things. I love this this category because it doesn't matter to anybody under 20. You like you ever like a video more than you like its song? That's where I'm at with "Don't mm. Worry, Be Happy." Mm-hmm. Let me watch Robin Williams dance around uh, with that other guy from Popeye. I think it's only because they played it on the Disney Channel. They did for interstitial. Oh, it was such a kid-friendly song. Yeah. It was everywhere, like uh, back in the early '80s. Hey, speaking of Robin Williams, he took this is where he takes home best comedy recording, which is completely unfair because it's the "Good Morning Vietnam" soundtrack with some of his bits from the movie on it. I don't know how they got away with that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> That's really weird. Oh, and Tracy Chapman won uh, Best New Artist over Yay. Rick Astley. Sorry, Rick. But also uh, over Vanessa Williams. Oh, wow. Who would go on to One have... One of those has a bigger career than the other, even though I fucking love Tracy Chapman's self-titled album. It's still great. Anyway. Is that the one with Fast Car? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. The whole thing is so good. Oh, and here's something really great from the 80s, speaking of music videos. You um, 2 one for best performance for Streets of No Name, but like Weird Al yeah. got a best concept award for Fat. Love it. Which huh. I think he should have shared that with Michael Jackson. Well, <laughs> somebody came up with that concept first. That's fair. And then he added something to it, like a lot of weight. <laughs> yeah, that's tra- it's crazy. Tracy Chapman's on best pop um, female, whereas Bobby McFerrin, of course, took uh, best pop male. Oh and- my God, best rap performance. 
What? Parents uh-huh. just don't understand? Beat out Push It by I'm, Salt and Pepper? Hey. Dude, hey, look. You're, you no. got a, I'm not okay You got to tip your sideways hat uh, to the Will Smith happy rap story singing because I, I yes, any all of my favorite rap songs begin with, well, I. <laughs> Dude, it also beat going back to Cali. Yeah. L Cool J song. Come on. Because it's better. Sorry. It's because it's no, better. I, Bullshit. I love, I love happy story time rap, but come on. I still sing that song sometimes. And uh, I meant to always meant to look into more of this because I loved Fresh Prince, but I uh, couldn't really see his music videos that often. Mm-hmm. And when, when the Fresh Prince of Bel Air aired, they're using the same sets and actors from the music videos. So that opening, his mom, like she's from this video. Oh yeah. And uh, and so so is the graffiti sense. background uh, that was in all like in a lot of Fresh Prince and DHJ Jeff's videos. Mm. Anyway, best rock, uh, Tina Turner, female, Robert Palmer, male. Um, and I'm tired mm. of talking about this. <laughs> I do love Simply Irresistible. Oh, but this is the first year yeah. of the, for the rap category. 1989. Will Smith <gasps> took the first, baby. Salt and Peppa. It's too sexual. Robbed. Too sexual. Peppa yep. hates it now. She's born again. Oh. <laughs> I could be confusing a result. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which one is which. Uh, but they really, really helped the young boy uh, get through life, Salt and Peppa. Thank mm-hmm. you so much for the <laughs> outfit you wore and the things you did in music videos. <laughs> uh, let's... <laughs> And on uh, that crass note, let's close out with some Indigo Girls. Closer uh, to fine. Closer to fine. You'll know what this song is when you play it. Uh, I was this close to singing a poem. Let's close out with Closer to Fine. When we see you again. It'll be 1989. 1989. Now into the darkness, I went to the mountains. I looked to the children. I drank from the fountain. Yeah. We go to the children. We trade from the fountain. Yeah. This week's Laser Time, we're talking about movies. But hey, I know a ton of you like games even more. And that's why you should be happy to know about Gamefly. You want to play way more games? For way less money, Gamefly might be for you. And you can go to GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime and try the service out for 30 days for free. It's like Netflix. You make a queue, they send you a disc, they send you a disc in the mail, you mail it back, postage is all paid for, play as much as you want for as little as $9.99 a month. You could be playing like a dozen games for less than half the price of one game. Because they got new games over on Gamefly like Far Cry New Dawn, which I'm enjoying immensely. Kingdom Hearts 3, Resident Evil 2, Metro Exodus, Jump Force, even upcoming games like Anthem or Devil May Cry or even Yoshi's Epic Yarn. You could be playing all that for free with, with your 30 day free trial of Gamefly. And guess what? Gamefly's even got movies. So check your bank account, or your wallet, or your purse. Do you think you deserve to be playing more games? We do too. So why not try out 30 days of the Gamefly service? They've got over 8,000 games going all the way back to like, even stuff from Wii U and Xbox 360 on there. Try it out free at GameflyOffer.com slash LazerTime. This week on Laser Time, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast, the gang is tackling a brand new topic. Because it's the fourth remake of A Star is Born? This is the fourth version of A Star is Born. Well, and on the supporting actor note, the biggest crime about this movie, and that's why this will be my last Oscars, is uh, Andrew Dice Clay passed over for Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> <Yeah>. oh! <laughs> I know, 
Yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird pick. He's really good at it. It's so fucking weird to say Andrew Dice Clay is great in an Oscar nomination. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> the fuck is the matter with you, Jack? <laughs> like Jack, Jack and Jill went up the hill. He's, he's, he's fucking crying. Down. Hickory yeah. Dickory yeah. Duck Academy stuck my cock. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> That's Laser Time, new every Monday on LaserTimePodcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Coming in with, you know what this is, uh, Eminem off of uh, Eminem's Slim Shady LP. One of Rolling Stone's top 500 albums of all time, by the way. Is this his first album? Uh, it's the first big one. I mean, there, was, there were some EPs that came out before. Oh one or God. two? But this is obviously, this is the bomb. The giant bombshell breaks wide open and all of a sudden he's the biggest thing in the world. Yeah, it did seem all a little manufactured to me because like, his introductory song to the mainstream was an introduction show. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to introduce myself in well, song form. Going back to your favorite type of 80s. <laughs> oh, true. <laughs> rapping. Yes. <laughs> Hello, my name is Blank, and I'm here to say. <laughs> oh, um, yes. I my... really hate gay people in a major way. <laughs> I'm Eminem. <laughs> it, he came out as gay Do in that movie. Do not isolate that. <laughs> he came out as gay in uh, that movie. It was really cool. Uh, anyway, yeah, Eminem's album is out, and I don't know. This like this was this was a, felt like it was around for like three years. I was yeah. very tired of this by the time it was mm-hmm. gone. I'm glad I never heard it again. So I'm, I'm not ready to be nostalgic for it because like I was like, oh, this is neat, dude. Please just put another. I'll buy you one a CD of your choice. Just mm-hmm. take it out of the stereo. Mm-hmm. I can't ride with you anymore, brother. I would listen to any other song off of this album. Mm-hmm. This one just annoys me. I think it's just because I heard it so much. Yeah, and, and if, it's really repetitive. It's really repetitive. And if you are as angry as I am over that, what would you call it? Clear channel racism on all the rock stations around the country. This song would play. And I think you know the reason why. <laughs> yeah. So why can't... How come no one else on Eminem's label can be played on this? Yeah, oh, curious. Oh, very interesting. So a popular song by a white guy. Totally played for the country. Uh, anyway, that's the era I grew up in, and I'm allowed to make fun of it. Mm-hmm. Welcome to 1999. This is the land I speak of. I was born forged in 1999. <laughs> I, I embodied it. Uh, but this week, there are, of course, new albums out. Let's see if you had any of these. Uh, At the Heart of the Winter by Immortal, Volume 1 by CKY, What I Deserve by Kelly Willis, Suicane Gratification, is that a real word, Uh, by Paul Westerberg, Clarity by Jimmy Eat World, The Hot Rock by Slater Keeney, Fan Mail by TLC, and Things Fall Apart, The Roots Breakthrough Album. Ooh, so Clarity is one of my favorite albums of all time. Uh, by Jimmy Eat World? By Jimmy Eat World, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I had that one. I know I had Bleed American. That was the right. next one. Bleed American came out in 2001. <laughs> it came out in 9-11. Yeah, they had to change the name officially. Yes. You can't find it anymore, and it's, now it's just called Jimmy Eat World. But uh, this was, you know, this was a big album for them, too. I think for, this is like their main introduction mm-hmm. to kind of that emo, pop, punk sort mm-hmm. of uh, 
world, basically. It's a very different sound than Bleed American. It's mm-hmm. a little bit more low-key. Yeah. Uh, but oh, it's so good. Like, I, I was just looking through the track listing to be like, what song would I recommend? But I honestly all of them like i can't even choose i love this album so much yeah and and, uh that was more the scene i was in Mm -hmm. anyway which is which means of course i was listening to cky because bam margera skate videos told me to Mm. and it's so weird like i want to hate that music so much but i feel like it's a very very weird sound i haven't heard from many other bands Mm-hmm. But I don't, yes, it, yes. I also really love Things Fall Apart too, the Roots Breakthrough album. I haven't heard it. Yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah, it's, really, it's good. really good. And then Fan Mail by TLC. That's where we get Scrubs. Is it? Scrubs from. Okay, it's yeah. not Waterfalls though. No. No, that's that the was album. like earlier nineties. No, early. Well, I, I don't. I wouldn't know that until I watched the music video. Holy <laughs> shit! Right. Those little bubble TLC people in the made of the water. Oof. Oof. That's old. Oof. Yep. Looks amazing. Still. Angel Mind by Brandy <laughs> is still number one. Let's get into 1999, everyone. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. I'm hmm. so sorry. I accidentally left, left off uh, Lit's A Place in the Sun. That oh. has my own worst enemy on it. Oh, my God. Mm. I kind Which of, is very 99. Very 99. I oh, Lit's. I didn't hear what you said. Yes. Yeah. It's not like Dave's karaoke go-to jam. Got to give a shout out to Dave Rudd. Yeah. That is a good karaoke It's jam. a good karaoke song. For yeah. sure. It's it is. pretty easy. It's, it's, it's meant for people who can't sing. Yeah. It's talk singing. Yep. Uh, but uh, into the movies of 1999, Diana thought she could steamroll over one of these films, and I wouldn't allow it because it was no. it somehow became one of our favorites. Oh uh, no! Yeah, and it's and just watching it again, like oh my god, I would like to watch this alone again, again because I don't know if you can show a movie like you can make a movie like The Breaks now. Hmm. It's uh, not. Jamie Kennedy, Malibu's Most Wanted Bad, but it is the story of a young white guy raised in South Central who okay. doesn't know who he is. Oh, and no. it's also oh. written by Mitch Mullaney, the main actor, oh. uh, who, you, who you might know from Nick Frino, Licensed Teacher, which mm-hmm. was canceled last year. Uh, but we, I remember my buddy and I, we caught this on cable and it's like, what the fuck is this? I can't even say what the movie is it technically about? You, most people wouldn't call it the bricks. They'd call it that W word movie. Uh, white guy who acts black. Oh, oh, and gotcha. uh, yeah, people don't like that word. Yeah. I, I, I suppose I don't either. But that's what it's about. But it's like incredibly silly, but incredibly politically incorrect. And it's, but it's, it, I, it has a good heart. I just, we couldn't believe it existed at the time, and I find it even harder to believe it exists now. I guarantee this is like almost nowhere. Mm. I happen to own it on DVD because it was like one of those rare movies we caught at like 4 a.m. on, sh- on a Showtime pre-preview and became obsessed with, mildly obsessed with. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is the story that begins in the breaks. My first daddy was a kindly old sea captain. But I slipped and fell off the boat. My next daddy was a fisherman, and he caught me. And he took me to live in Compton. And that's where we are right now. What's up, girl? Get live. Derek King is a white man who thinks he's black. Maybe I'll stop by and see you later. Please don't. Okay, I will. And he's got one day. You're fired. What? It's because you're white. To prove it. Okay. Oh, my. Oh, wow. I again, it is. I, I, my mouth was agape too. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't let you go over it because, like, yeah, we were, we, we, we felt the same way when we saw this 20 years ago. What's that guy doing now? 
Uh, I look. He doesn't have a lot of credits. No uh, it, it seems like it's like there were a couple years in the mid '90s. Mitch Milani was hugely active, and not a lot after that. I mean, strangely paired with Eminem talk. Mm-hmm. To be honest, Whoa, <laughs> holy shit! Kind of well timed, friend. Here. <laughs> well timed, but it was a different era for music, uh, and you can tell that because MTV has a movie out this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does with one of the biggest late '90s cash you could ever assemble in uh, a single yeah. film. Uh, <sighs> Jesus, how many people are in this? Elvis Costello? A million. Janine Garofalo, Christina Ricci, Martha Plimpton, Dave Chappelle, Paul Rudd, Casey Affleck, Jay Moore's in it, Ben Affleck is building it. Uh, 200 cigarettes. I hate parties. This one's going to be the worst. I can feel it. 1982 is going to be like the coolest yeah ever. For two friends. Are there going to be any guys there? The losers will be here. It was the party of the year. I thought this was the place. Call your mother. She thinks I'm sleeping at your house. Because you never know who you might meet. Do you guys like Devo or what? And by the way, I'm not gay. I get that all the time. No, I'm not gay. 200 cigarettes. Look at this in that oh, fucking man. Blondie soundtrack. Yeah. And the soundtrack Which to this. Is confusing because that's new Blondie instead of old Blondie. I know. You'll be listening to New Year's Eve 1981. But it's it's in the movie. Uh, it's totally in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the sound- confusing. The soundtrack is amazing. I wanted to ask Sarah if you remember the new song that was commissioned for this. Because it's a band, I, uh, you were the first person I ever heard defend. Yeah, it's Harvey Danger. It is Harvey Danger. Yep, and it's for um, Sooner or Later. Save it, save save it, for, it for later. later. Save the it for English later. The English beat cover. Right. Yes. And it's, uh, yeah. it's fine. It's, it's great. <laughs> I love that. It's no, no flagpole shitter. Uh, 200 cigarettes, yeah. referring to how many cigarettes are in a carton. Sadly, all of your hosts knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I don't know why this movie's called that. Yeah. And for, I don't know, it's one of these movies where it's like, you've got so many cool people in it. Why isn't this movie more fun? Yeah, that, but yeah. they have so many people in it that no one really gets a chance to shine. I was there for like Dave Chappelle and Janine Garofalo, and they're barely in the fucking movie. So what is the plot point? It's New Year's Eve and you just see a bunch of people in 1980. But in the 80s. In, in 1981, which yeah. is an interesting concept. The film looks cool. It does. I feel like part of the problem, though, with the story, like for it feeling less fun, is that maybe they lean a little too hard into like, look, the 80s. Yeah. It's the 80s, everyone. It's like, we get it. Yeah, you Dave Chappelle's the cab driver, person. which is like one of the only ways all the characters get to interact with anyone. Otherwise, they're like in disparate scenes all over the city. Also, Ben Affleck looks like he's playing a time traveler from 1999 <laughs> because he looks exactly the same. They didn't even try to change his hair. Like, he yeah. just looks like Ben Affleck. Yep. And Paul Rudd just actually is a time traveler because mm-hmm. he doesn't age. That's true. That's true. Doesn't age at all. You're right. We are the same. Thank you. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's just sort of meh. I mean, in my head, this gets mixed up with Go a bunch because we got to right. talk about Go. Me later too. This year. I get, the Jay Moore connection, and it's <laughs> this is the thing that happened a lot in the '90s. You have a bunch of young, sexy stars ready to break and be the big new thing, but you don't know which one. So hedge your bets mm-hmm. and put fourteen of them in, in one movie <laughs> in small yeah. the uh, But that's, and I don't often yeah. think of Martha Plimpton and Christina Ricci as being contemporaries. Yeah, the same age. Really, are they? No, uh, I wouldn't. I don't they're know. Probably a little. I mean, they're not exactly the same age. Yeah. But you know, Martha Plimpton's probably got ten years or less on her. I guess they she, just. Yeah, they. I mean, I love both of them. She's so more mature. They skew differently she, to me. She acts so older. it's curious. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But the whole concept of having all the different interlocking stories uh, happening on one night is a lot like Gary Marshall would do with like. 
Valentine's Day mm-hmm. and New Year's Mother's Eve and all Day. those movies. Mm-hmm. And then our next movie is his single most embarrassing. Oh boy. It, it is yes. almost to Gary Marshall. And it's, we, I, we almost shouldn't talk about it because I have been threatening to do a laser time about uh, this subject. Mm-hmm. The subject that Robert Downey Jr. brings up uh, <laughs> brings up uh, in Tropic Thunder. You never do full R word. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's true. You shouldn't do that. Instead, Gary Marshall doubles down. He really leans into it. (laughs) (laughs) He doubles down and makes a story, a movie called The Other Sister, starring Juliette Lewis and Giovanni Ribisi as two mentally capable people who fall in love and want their independence. Oh my God, this is embarrassing. Which is a worthy topic, Mm -hmm. I guess, uh, as a comedy? I think... Look, I I think this is where you cast people with those actual disabilities. Yes, and you don't. But have, then no one would see it. Um, well, put put put. These people can still be in the movie. They just they shouldn't be the central focus because it makes every scene of this unintentionally hilarious mm-hmm. or like face palm. Like it'll ruin your night because mm-hmm. you're just so embarrassed. But the other sister, ladies and gentlemen. Um, is that, uh, yes, is that okay? Carla Tate has a handicap to overcome. Ah! Her mother. You remember no stop and don't forget Whoa. your pepper spray. But now it's time. Do you want to be my girlfriend? To follow her <laughs> apart. Are you getting a pepper spray? Juliet Lewis, Diane Keaton, and Giovanni Ribisi. I wonder who thought up sex in the first place. I, I think it was Madonna. The other sister. Rated PG3. Oh, 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 okay. Sorry, yeah. cannot laugh at that's ridiculous. The the thing I can't help but think about when I watch this too is that Giovanni Ribisi is playing essentially the same character that he's playing in Friends when he plays Phoebe's brother. And that oh. character is not intellectually disabled. <laughs> and yet he's basically playing them both the same way. I don't know what's happening here. Oh, God. This is so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I think don't I... know why they lead off that ad with music from broadcast news. <laughs> or why they go into some like... Uh, Pants Slow peeling bass, bass, like really? Yes, like, I yeah. Don't, I don't know that I want to oh, watch these yeah. two fuck. Yeah. Regardless of who they're playing, uh, they're and, gonna get down. And, you know but, what? Like, I I appreciate them, except that, like the idea that you know people treat people with intellectual disabilities like they're children. They would say, "Oh, he's got the mind of an eight year old or mm-hmm. whatever," but they're grown ass adults with grown ass adult feelings right. and sex drive and right. hormones. Yeah, yes, they, they treat they're right. treated Thank asexually. Thank you for addressing that, but. Mm-hmm. And the movie is their struggle for independence. And, yeah. And it is lighthearted and comedic, but not in the right, but it doesn't, not in the right ways. I, I don't know how to do it the right way, though. That's the other problem, too, is that is there? I do. You cast uh, people, uh, disabled people, mm-hmm. and you put it on television. Yeah. There <laughs> and you go. doesn't belong in a movie theater. Or Be- just like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think... Well, you not dispute me given the movies we've talked about. The Breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. white guy thinks he's black. The movie about two mentally challenged people falling in love. And now this week moves into snuff films. So it's I think so this is the weird. most uncomfortable yeah. release of movies. <laughs> this is not the week you go with your parents. This is right after Valentine's Day. So like, there must be a bad taste in Hollywood's mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, you got all those shitty romantic comedies out of the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's right, everyone. Clear out. 8mm. The first one. <laughs> apparently there's a straight-to-video sequel it's yeah. no, it, like Sony bought the rights to this shitty movie to put on direct to video, and like I think this movie would be look, be better if it was an eight millimeter sequel. It was done, so it was named <laughs> after the fact. Oh yikes! Uh, I don't know why you'd want to follow in this movie's footsteps. Um, it is the one I'm most curious to rewatch because the reviews of it pan it for being 
seedy and violent. And I remember like this is a post Tarantino world. I didn't think it was violent enough. Mm. Yeah, this um, this movie's sleazy and it wants to be sleazier. Mm-hmm. Like it's trying to be super sleazy. It's Joel Schumacher, so everything is ridiculously well lit, unsubtle <laughs> and kind uh-huh. of gross, but also too clean at the same time. Mm. I hate this movie. Really? Wow. <laughs> this movie's wow. garbage. I think this movie is garbage. And it's a kind of movie, again, we keep seeing this where it's like, this concept is good. Why does this movie suck ass so yeah. hard? Yeah, read, reading about it again, the concept is really good. I'll tell you a little more about that. Let's see what the trailer tells us. They tell you pretty much. It's a film where a girl appears to be murdered. She had no name. I need information. I thought you might be able to help. Until he uncovered the truth. The film is real. Now. I'm trying to understand. How far will he go? To dance with the devil. The devil don't change. The devil changes you. In the name of justice. There's no one left to finish this for me. Academy Award winner Nicolas Cage. No! Eight millimeter. Rated R. Eight millimeter. So mm. the story. The story is Nick Cage is a private investigator. A woman's husband has died, and she finds a video of a woman being murdered that looks real in his private collection and hires him to investigate as to whether it is real or not. And so Nick Cage goes undercover in the seedy underbelly of porn, and then we meet awesome performances from uh, Joaquin Phoenix, James Gandolfini, uh, Peter Stormare, and uh, we find out it is real. And Nick Cage is like, uh, uh, he gets... gets Threatened by these guys, they beat the shit out of them, they kill Joaquin Phoenix's character, and he's just like, I'm, I'm going to call this this dead girl's mom. If she gives me permission, I'm going to kill everyone involved in this. And then it becomes this mm-hmm. no longer a detective story, but a story of revenge mm-hmm. taking out this entire line of snuff film people. And it's it's not pleasant. <laughs> it's done. No, I was just saying, no, it's not pleasant. It's icky. Um, but as usual, James Gandolfini's really good in it. Yes. Uh, if you don't mind it, watching him lick a gun a bunch. <laughs> oh, and that's that's why I, I was in the theater mind. day one because I was such a huge Soprano fan out of the gate. And then you t- you tell me this guy I've never heard of who's awesome as Tony's in another movie, and it was great because at that point he was still playing characters like Tony using the same voice. He would later stop using that, mm-hmm. except for Where the Wild Things Are. I fucking love yeah. watching that trailer. Look at me, I'm big. <laughs> I'm not a gangster. You, can, you love me. Hug me, mix. <laughs> uh, but 8 millimeter, ladies and gentlemen, see it with somebody yeah. you hate. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, other things you didn't need to see in this movie, uh, Nicolas Cage and Tidy Whitey's sitting crisscross applesauce. <laughs> oh, crisscross applesauce. <laughs> Why? You got a problem with the twig and berries, man? <laughs> <Huh>. A boxer <laughs> brief would be preferable. They weren't invented yeah. yet, ladies. Quit wishful thinking. Oh. Um, I don't... Yeah, no. Just no. What is no on this one? Yeah. Uh, this is probably a good it nope. It sucks. You know, most of the movies this week are a big nope. If you watch them with anybody, yeah. they'll wonder what... Are you okay? Yeah. Why'd you get this? <laughs> Uh, There's so many better things in this world, yeah, including think, just not watching anything. I think, look, I think here's, if you're a 302010 fan, you're better off watching anything on TV this week because it's all vaguely memorable. Mm-hmm. Lots of big guest stars because once again, sweeps. Uh, although, we have to say goodbye to Vengeance Unlimited, Mad Jack the Pirate, and the Mr. Potato Head show. Uh, all of those were on Fox Kids and uh, the show Trinity. So goodbye to those shows that are lucky to get a mention on this program. <laughs> uh, on the 22nd, the ABC TV movie, and the beat goes on. The Sonny and Cher story. 
Yes, oh, boo. Oh, boy. I'm tuning in just for the costumes, bitches. <laughs> Do, who was in this? I don't even remember. Anybody of note? Um, I looked it up. Jay and... Underwood and Renee Faya, mm. who I don't recognize from stuff. Straight Faya? No, I, I, I don't recognize either of those names, but perhaps you might recognize some of these names because uh, the counter-programming to that boomer nostalgic tick following just right off the bat, right off the coattails of the 60s, mm-hmm. The TV movie we talked about a couple weeks ago, not the decade. CBS's, uh, CBS's, what is this, Monday Night lineup? I forget. Well, these are a little mixed in because Mad About You is from NBC. Right, right. But it's definitely Sweeps Week because Mm -hmm. as you go, guest stars are abound. Mm -hmm. So on the 22nd, we have Everybody Loves Raymond, Ray Home Alone, which guest stars Kevin James, which is a crossover. I made my family disappear. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he has a night to himself, so he invites his buddy over. I feel like this is not the first, this is not the only time that there's a Mad About You, King of Queens crossover, I feel like. King, wait, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, King of Queens? I mean, sorry, yes, yes, Everybody Loves Raymond and King of Queens. God, what is wrong with you today, Kat? Go away. (laughs) Then later on, we have Becker. Yes! With the Ted Danson, (laughs) uh, where he's a curmudgeonly doctor. Uh, Larry Spoke, guest star Stephen Wright, who plays a patient who claims that he can talk to God. (laughs) And then Mad About You, we have Virtual Reality 2 with a guest star, Mark McGuire, wherein Jamie... So So the the award to most 1999 guest star goes to Mad About You. Oh, yeah, right? (laughs) This one's crazy to me, just because... So virtual, Virtual Reality 1 as I recall, mm-hmm. is where they get the opportunity to like sample this virtual reality um, software, basically. Oh, yeah. And I this is imprinted on my brain. I don't know why I remember. Don't go into it so looking well. for uh, game graphics because I checked. Yeah, that's it's, just them describing things while wearing a helmet. Yeah, and then there's <laughs> but the whole thing is that uh, Paul Reiser's character he like goes in there to he ends up giving a putting suntan lotion on a, some model. Vava like, I could feel the lotion on my hands. And it's like, that's not how that works. <laughs> but, Paul, wash your hands, Paul. Yeah, I don't know what's happening in there, but yeah, it's not it. Um, but virtual reality, virtual reality 2 is with Mark McGuire and Jamie, the Helen Hunt's character, goes into virtual reality and has some sort of romantic encounter with Mark McGuire, I guess, to get back at Ooh, It's probably what the audience said. With Mark McGuire? Yeah, I know. I mean... Oh, those big arms just to hold you? I don't know what women want. tiny (laughs) testicles. Yeah. I don't know. You can pop zits on his back. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway. uh, uh, Queer as Folk, the UK edition premieres this week as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know anything about that. Uh, But this is the... The Big Sweeps guest star I never heard of until just now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spin City in an episode called Back to the Future 4. Judgment Day. Judgment Day. If I told you (laughs) this is a sitcom starring Michael J. Fox, could you just guess the guest star? I I don't know why I never heard this of this happening because like they didn't they didn't really appear together for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Guess. Place your bets. Uh, we we are registered at Harrah's in Vegas. You can uh, bet on an online. No. Uh, guess who the guest star Reverend is? Reverend Jim Ibnictowski. <laughs> oh, look at you. I tell you. Uh, this, is, uh, this is like stepping back in time. <laughs> the past is prolonged, Michael. Men like us have to keep looking to the future. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? I- <laughs> That is so fucking charming. I know. Christopher Lloyd plays Michael J. Fox's um, political mentor. 
Cause that is so neat. Yeah, Aww. yeah, and I also they also had a cute pr- promo. Is I was deciding between this clip and the promo where the entire cast of Spin City is in the DeLorean, and oh. they're like, you know, <laughs> trying to go. It's pretty funny. But it's pretty cute. Uh, I really like Back to the Future so much, and if I, I know I said this on another podcast, but it's important to remember: uh, Back to the Future is the actual great '80s trilogy whose fans haven't ruined it yet. Mm. It's mm-hmm. it's still all good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As long as you're down with incest, and judging by the trends I see in modern porn, you are. So at least somebody is. Uh, <laughs> and modern HBO. Rules. Yes. Guess <laughs> what we get to talk about later this year. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. But on, on uh, the 23rd of Feb, we got Too Rich, uh, The Secret Life of Taurus Duke. This, yes. Ooh, this, this is the TV kind movie. of thing I show up for. Yeah. I figured, because this TV movie is the TV movie to end all TV movies, basically. It's pretty intense. It's Lauren Bacall and Richard Chamberlain, mm-hmm. and, and nice. Dor- Doris Duke is a person? Yeah, she was a tobacco heir um, and had a very, I think, scandalous and ultimately tragic life because mm. basically ruined by money. Mm. That can happen. We could all be so lucky. Yeah, it's tax time. There's a lot of... Like she threw her money around, but sometimes to good causes, but sometimes it was like to bail out Imelda Marcos from jail. And just it, your usual rich, fancy person eccentricity. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when you have, you know, $1.8 billion personal fortune to throw around, you can be a lot eccentric. Mm-hmm. Of money that is in no way covered in immorality. Yeah. But, <laughs> right. But, no, no, no. Uh, not definitely not. Back to 200 cigarettes. And... <laughs> <laughs> uh, and here's a little bit of the promo. Men were her weakness. Stand on the doors. Money was her curse. You married me to bail out your family. Go to hell. Tragedy was her destiny. It's killing me. This has got to stop. Lauren Bacall and Richard Chamberlain star in a world premiere event. Too Rich, The Secret Life of Doris Duke. CBS Sunday, February 21st. <laughs> It's just all dramatic looks and turns to the camera. It's awesome. It's such a stupid title. I looked at it and like, I've never heard of this rapper. Uh, (laughs) um, Doris Duke does need to be the name of another rapper, but the S should be the like dollar sign. Yes, Too Rich, the Doris Duke story. That is a great MC name. I'm taking it if no one one wants it. Uh, we also had the Grammys this week. Why don't we talk about? Oh no, we should. We'll talk about that in a second. Yep. Um, Friends, the one with the cop. Yeah. Their sweep star is Michael Rapaport. Yeah. So this starts out. He has a multi-episode arc here where he dates Phoebe for a little while. Um, do we know Michael Rapaport before? I do. Now before mm-hmm. this time in '99, what do we know him from? I do. Uh, he was at that point. He's. Either in or Copland? about to be in Copland, Higher Learning, okay. and uh, Zebrahead, I think, is breakthrough film, but he was big in True Romance. Okay. Is that how you, yeah. That's how, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know necessarily that the viewers of Friends at this point would be like, oh my God, Michael Rappaport got to tune in for this one. I think he was kind of an indie, he still had kind of indie cred back then. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Curious, because I mean, I knew about. I saw this episode first and then found out who he was. So mm. I, you know. Is this the one, um, is this the one where, yeah, she's dating this cop and they like wake up together and the birds are tweeting and singing lovely songs? Yes. This is, so she got it's so happy when you described this. it. Yes. Well, this, oh my God, it's unfortunately, this is such a good joke. don't worry because it's not in this episode. And when we get to that episode, oh, okay. I will pull that joke for you because it is. Thank you. 
it ends the it ends the episode and then he's never seen from again. So, okay. but he has a multi episode <laughs> arc with her as like they're dating, and it's just like it's a very cute little relationship because she's very like la la crystals, very woo woo, and he's like a hard nosed and New York cop basically. Um, but I also put it in here too because this is my favorite scene from Friends Ever with Ross and Rachel and Chandler trying to move a giant couch up a very very narrow staircase. Oh, yeah. Pivot. Oh, I've seen that reference. Pivot. pivot. Yeah, pivivot. pivot. 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 Left-wise. <laughs> it's, it's so good. I did not pull the clip because I feel like people are going to be like, oh, my God, Sarah, shut the fuck up about Friends. So I didn't pull it, <laughs> but it is probably my favorite scene from Friends Ever. And every time I move furniture, I just yell it for no. I just have to yell pivot. Yep. Uh, you have to. You have to. <laughs> this next thing, I think this was the, when I the moment where I realized I'm not a kid anymore because mm-hmm. uh, I'm you know I'm I'm drinking I'm a, a, I've had sex but I'm still Ooh. like my life is still like <sighs> way to brag yeah <laughs> my life is still like oh, I can't what? wait to see what's on network television tonight ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, the sweet spot <laughs> I'm like oh my god Alice in Wonderland starring Martin Short I can set the VCR and then I watch it and like I'm no I have oh. to grow up this this sucks oh. and uh this sucks and I was very much looking forward to it I'm a big fan of the Disney uh I'll call it original even though it's not even yes close. I was just I was just about to say that it looks very similar to the Disney yeah well, um oh are you talking about the TV show the Disney TV show oh, that awful one with like the the welk with their costumes yes this oh. is what it looks like it's I wa- so I grew bad. up watching that every almost it's, every so, it's so bizarre to think of Martin Short as the like main character in the role that Johnny Depp would make his own, the mm. Mad Hatter. But uh, I was a big Martin Short fan. Speaking of, Whoopi Goldberg as the Cheshire Cat. Uh, dude, fucking Norman Hagrid as Tweedledee and Tweedledum, <laughs> yeah. Robbie Coltrane and hey. uh, George Went. I think uh, Peter Ustinov, uh, oh, who's Gandhi? Well, I forgot his name. God damn ben it. Ben Kingsley? Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley's in it. Dude, fucking everybody's in this. Tina thing. Margarino. Is uh, oh, Alice okay. from Big Love? Pete Postlethwaite, uh, Christopher Lloyd, once again. Holy shit! Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and the t- it, I think it was a two-part TV movie, Alice in Wonderland, and mm-hmm. it is awful. Yeah. Sunday in three weeks, a timeless treasure comes to life <laughs> in a way you never imagined possible. Brilliant! Experience an adventure of epic proportions. Martin Short, <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, everyone here is mad, and an all-star cast. You don't have to ask me twice. No. Alice in Wonderland, coming to NBC Sunday in three weeks. Nothing you expect, everything you imagine. Okay, so it's NBC, not ABC. Uh, okay, so first of all, uh, Gene Wilder. Also. Yes, I meant I. That's the one I meant to mention. Yeah. It's like the last thing of the, other than a sitcom. I think I ever saw him in. Plus, can you imagine? A television network advertising for something that's going to air in three weeks and being like, gird your loins, everybody. Put it in your day planner. You got to be here to see out three weeks out. That's crazy. There's no DVR to set way in advance. You you write it down on a note and you stick it in front of the TV somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And and I should note the (sighs) effect they do to Martin Short's head. Mm -hmm. They make it bigger on his smaller body is the I think the exact effect Tim Burton did on the queen in his version of Alice in Wonderland. Hmm. Way to steal, man. Yeah. Well, that promo makes it look like a very bad dream. It is frightening. It's it's not good. (laughs) 
Everyone thinks they could make a great version of Alice in Wonderland because they don't have to commit to any story element for more than four minutes. But <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. But uh, it, it just never happened for anybody but Disney, so let it go. Okay, ga- video games, uh, 1999, February 22nd to the 28th. Uh, get ready, baby, because uh, Army Men 3D, yeah, it goes there. Army Men is one of the most bizarre and long-lived franchises that nobody remembers. But uh, yeah, merged on the... Th- I think debuted in the 3DO and eventually like a thousand, we got a thousand army men games. Games hmm. starring those little green men. So you could have, play a game of war, but it didn't have to be M rated. Huh. Uh, ah. Can go- they move their feet individually? <laughs> or they yeah. Have to wobble That's around? the true question. Yes, yes. And a pretty goddamn good uh, racing game for Nintendo 64 Beetle Racing Advent, Beetle Adventure Racing. Yes, this is the new VW Bug in its own racing game. It is not bad. Oh. It is better than Street Skater. There's an eight in there. Oh, I had to pronounce I it. Get it. Uh, I had to pronounce it. This is electronic arts stab at skating before skate. And you Star Wars fans out there, comes uh, Star Wars X-Wing Alliance is out this week uh, for your PCs. Well, that is it for 1999. We will close out with Lucky Denver Mint off of Clarity by Jimmy Eat World. And we see you again. It'll be 2009. And I have a wonderful apology sound effect. Hooray for Hollywood, everyone. This week's Laser Time is all about the Oscars. With that in mind, if you're into in-depth stories about actors and movies, you might want to check out Audible, the nation's leading resource for audiobooks, radio plays, other things you can listen to with your earbuds on your Android, Kindle, iPhone, wherever you can plug in headphones too. Audible has a huge selection, almost 200,000 different titles to choose from. They've got all your favorite bestsellers. Michelle Obama's new book is there. They have a ton of originals. But this week's Laser Time is all about the Oscars. So I wanted to take a look at some of the most interesting books on Audible for folks who dig movies, like Carrie Elway's As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of Princess Bride. If you don't like Princess Bride, leave right now. How about Blowing the Bloody Doors Off in Other Life Lessons by Michael Kang? That's on there too. Or how about The Disaster Artist, an amazing book by Mark of Highmark fame, recently made into a movie, or even uh, Carrie Fisher's Wishful Drinking. Any one of those books can be yours for free just by going to audibletrial.com slash lasertime to try out Audible for 30 days for free. You can get any one of those books at no cost to you. Once again, that's audibletrial.com slash lasertime to get your free audio book. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash lasertime. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. I think that's what diffuses the situations. Of course, because someone mentioned the number 69. Mm. Nice. The weed uh, number. The weed number, and then make a joke about it, and like, and I don't know, I said something, and here's to the worst sex position. Everyone's like, uh, yep, and he's like, man, you must be crazy and doing it wrong, because 69's great, and starts, to, and like, we are not having this conversation yeah. about how you 69, no. but it turns out we were, 
And I, I, I love that I managed to fuse it. Like, man, you got to fucking get her, get her arms around her legs. And like, and I was like, ew, you're on the bottom? I would never do it like that. And then, like, and boom, we stopped talking about it. Like, got a good laugh at him. We stopped talking about it. Best position is 96 when you both have a nice cup of tea, read your book, and then fall asleep with your backs to each other. No, I, I, I prefer the uh, 909. That's where you turn your back to me, and I jerk off to you from the other side of an interdimensional portal. <laughs> That's how Alexander Hamilton died. Yeah. I prefer <laughs> I prefer the nine eight six where we both have our backs to each other, but then two fat cats are sitting between us. <laughs> Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time. internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of february 22nd through 28th yep some easy calls for you uh 75 years ago this week 1944 like nothing came out i'm kind of bummed and then 50 years ago in 1969 like nothing came out and i'm kind of bummed sometimes this happens that for some reason i don't know why there's just kind of wasn't anything but i'm move the time frame around a little bit and fudge the numbers and I have recommendations for you. So I was at this weekend with a friend who said that one of her New Year's resolutions was to learn more about classic film and she was going to do that by watching all of the American Film Institute's 100 best movies. That's usually how I tell people to start. If, if you want to know a good starting place, like start watching those and then branch off from there. And one of her favorites, and she's not a classic movie fan, but she said one of her favorites was It Happened One Night, which came out 85 years ago this week in 1934. Because, like, every rom-com rips it off to this day. It is charming and cute and fun. And, uh, you know, there's kind of an heiress who sort of goes on the run, and then Clark Gable has to catch up with her, and then they have sort of, like, you know, witty banter back and forth as he's trying trying to take her back home, and there's just, it's really cute and wacky and fun, and they're on the road, and so yeah, still holds up, and I don't remember anything really offensive in it, but there might be, because uh, the past was terrible. Anyway, uh, and then 1969, though, one thing that did happen, not in movies, but in music, was February 24th, 1969, saw Johnny Cash go to San Quentin and record a live album, and it is so much fun, because Johnny Cash, he was a goddamn outlaw, goddammit in that he got busted for pills a couple times. But just, there's something about, I don't know, just his attitude meshing with sort of the attitude of the prisoners who, like, obviously have done bad things, but they deserve some entertainment, I guess. Or, you know, and they're just, they're a really rowdy crowd, and it's just fun as hell. So if you haven't listened to John Quentin, if you haven't listened to Johnny Cash live in San Quentin, that's a total recommend for me. I don't know if Folsom Prison is a better concert. I really like San Quentin. It's a good album. So that's it for this week. Stay classic. Don't grow on a tree And there 
things that a dollar can't buy The best things in life, they come free So girl, I can't buy you a big diamond ring No house on a hill full of life Coming in with uh, Bradley Cooper, I'm just kidding uh, <laughs> That is... Uh, Easy Does It, off of Easy Does It by Jayco, and the song is Don't Think I Can't Love You. Don't Think I Can't Love You. He really sure. went out of his way to avoid a cliche and still make one mm-hmm. uh, with that title. I can't not love you. I don't think I cannot love you. You're not not adorable. Uh, I love you less than most. Uh, but there are, this, Welcome to 2009, everyone, and apparently country's still around. Uh, new releases this week. Hey, look at that. Solo debut of Cypress Hills. Be real, Smoke and Mirrors. We also have Padded Room by Joe Burden, Wrath by Lack, but Joe Budden, Wrath by Lamb of God, Masterpiece Theater by Mariana's Trench, uh, This Gigantic Robot Kills by MC Lars, Van Morrison's Astral Weeks Live at the Hollywood Bowl, Earth's Blood by God Forbid, and Troubadour by Kana. Right Round by Flo Rida is still number one, which you may remember from last week. Um, moving to the movies of 2009, February 22nd through the 28th, Medea Goes to Jail is still number one at the box office. Take that, white cinema. Uh, <laughs> and we also have, but we do have some new movies out this week, some of which you may have seen. This, uh, what a tragic week uh, for me. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> an Amer- uh, you know, no love for an American affair, Diana? No love for an American affair, um, which it's got a cast I really like. Gretchen Maul, James Rabehorn, R.A.P., uh, Noah Wiley, Cameron Bright where she is it's in the 60s and she's a woman that seems to be having an affair with jfk and then the neighbors are like spying on her and uh it got pretty bad reviews mm. what about i think uh, it might have gone to, straight to dvd much worse reviews the echelon conspiracy <laughs> oh boy is that a placeholder is, title is this a michael crichton <laughs> no it it should be it was also called the gift which mm-hmm. there's already movies called that and that does Lots nothing to do with anything this is I mean, it's it's kind of eagle eye, but it's also kind of spy stuff. It's Shane West, Edward Burns, Bing Rames, Jonathan Price, Martin Sheen. All cool. All mm-hmm. cool people, I guess. Uh, Shane West and Edward Burns, I could take or leave. But I like those last three. And it's about, <clears throat> how do I put this? It's about this guy who gets a cell phone that starts telling him to do stuff and like it says like don't take that flight and then he doesn't take the flight and the plane crashes and it's like go play that slot machine and he gets all this money and it turns out like that's how the spy ring like grabs people and gets them into their debt and then they start making you do evil spy stuff it has a zero on Rotten <laughs> wow Thank God there were no such thing as Twitter notifications for this guy. <laughs> Kill yourself. Okay. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it it sounds who who got blackmailed? Why are they in this? I don't know. Maybe someone's nephew. Ugh. Blah. That is so strange. Um how Blah. about any it is does crossing over fare any better? I have never, ever heard of this movie. Yeah. I cannot remember the last movie I... I saw that starred Harrison Ford that wasn't a sequel to a 30-year-old film. Mm. But uh, uh, Yeah, Crossing Over, um, I mean, it's hard to pull like a short part out of the trailer to explain it, but it seems to be Crash but about immigration. Oh, God damn it. I was hoping oh, it was a no. s- Harrison Ford played a psychic. <laughs> 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 I would love to no, have that. He plays, uh, a, no, he plays an ICE agent um, and like Ugh. has to deport this lady, but then her kid's left behind. And what kind of government would do this in my country? And then like has to look out for the kid. And meanwhile, there's other stories about immigrants being 
forced to do bad things or good things. Just try, just trying to live the American dream, man. Mm, Hashtag with, abolish ice. With with co stars Jim Sturgis, Ashley Judd, uh, Alice Braga, Alice even Ray Liotta. As far back as I can remember, I wanted to be an immigrant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ask yourself, why does so many risk so much? To cross over our borders. Come home with me. We can't make a go of it without status. I've got to get legal, and so do you. Yeah, well, I'm working on that. Maria Sanchez. I think she got picked up again. I, I don't want to see this. No, I, I don't want to see this at I all. I don't. I don't even want to talk about it no. anymore. <laughs> but you'll be disappointed to know it's the same director as Running Scared. Oh, for real? I fucking love that movie. Yeah, and, uh, I that, know. Equally all over the place, but in a fun way. Uh, would you get into Closet with Liam Neeson and James Nesbitt for Five Minutes in Heaven? Oh. Uh, five Minutes of Heaven, excuse me. I might be the misconstruing this. title for yeah. this fucking movie. Would you like to know my, about okay. my particular set of skills? Watch what I do with my tongue. All right. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Uh, <laughs> some of us only need five minutes. Gross. <laughs> Two guys. I don't know what you think they're doing. Yeah, that's that's way better. Uh, <laughs> five minutes in heaven. I've never heard of this either. When I was 15 when I joined the EVF, the Ulster Volunteer Force. At that time, there were riots in the streets every week, petrol bombs every day. And it was like we were under siege. You have to understand the mindset. Once you're in, you will do anything. You will kill anyone. That's, that's, this is so weird. Uh, that's a very unfortunate bit of dialogue, Liam. Uh-huh. Oh, God. When you're yes. in that mindset, you don't care who you kill. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, Yikes. I didn't know we had clips from that press conference. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yep. So uh, we, got, we got ourselves an IRA reconciliation drama. Uh, Liam Neeson is a former uh, guy from Northern Ireland who was with this uh, Ulster force that killed a guy, and then many years later... He meets up with the guy's brother who witnessed him killing his brother, played by James Nesbitt, and tension. This is just bizarre because when I, I think, I don't know, I love uh, my little kid memories of war and international conflict were the stuff with the IRA. Those are the earliest memories I have of that kind of stuff. And I have, mm. I don't think I've ever seen white people do that ever since. Mm. And then now with all the Brexit stuff, we're talking about setting up them borders again. And it's becoming like, oh, yep. shit, is this going to happen again? <laughs> it's, Could it, be. it was a very like a quiet settlement the last time. So I don't know. I don't know much about that situation. But like nobody has talked about like the IRA until very recently because mm. of all the Brexit nonsense. Mm. And here we have a movie about it 10 yep. years ago. Yeah. The New Yorker, yep. like every couple months, will do one really long article about mm. the IRA and really? like, the Irish conflict. Yeah. Okay. That's how I stay up with yeah. that news. Uh, the- yeah. Well, like like so much sectarian violence, it, it stops being about what you actually care about and it starts being about payback. Mm-hmm. And that's kind yeah. of the point of this movie. Yeah. That's an awful fucking title, though. I hate that. Title. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. It should just be called like Irish Payback Shiba. is Sad. No, I don't know. <laughs> Irish Goodbye. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, speaking of white people, well, I can introduce every trailer like that. Yeah. Uh, mm. The girl with the dragon tattoo. No, not that one. Uh, the Swedish one. The Swedish one. Uh, good, no good one. Rapace. Uh, did that well, one that's just? That's not fair. They're both. They're good. both. This good. one's better. Yeah. yeah uh, this one's better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think say the. That, but I enjoyed both of them quite a bit. The U.S. one does have 
I think Sarah and I both agree. One of my favorite movie trailers ever made. Agreed. It is really good. Yes. And great opening great sequence. Great opening. Oh, yeah. And the opening, too, is great, too. Yeah. So oh, I always love it love for that. It. But I, I think, uh, and I didn't read the books, but yeah. my interpretation, because I think I saw the f- the first Girl with the Dragon tra- tattoo, mm-hmm. is that the this movie is a little better about telling you the story of the books where David Fincher kind of mm-hmm. made a big David Fincher movie that doesn't seem to want to f- give a fuck if it follows into the, the other books or not. Well... So I think they're both pretty faithful from mm-hmm. what I can recall. Mm-hmm. Um, the first mm-hmm. book, so I've, I read all the books and saw both versions of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is the first of the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, though it's, it's part of a greater series called the Millennium Series, written yeah, by Steve. These are Steve. not Friends episodes. Yeah. <laughs> these, <laughs> these are an actual <laughs> movie series. Uh, written by Steve Larson, who was previously a journalist and then um, died under what some feel like maybe mysterious circumstances mm. uh, because he did, he was a pretty prominent journalist and it was an investigative journalist. Um, this first uh, book, The Girl with the Dragon t- Tattoo, and then the Swedish version of the movie, they are pretty faithful, mm. as I can recall. It's been a while since I read the just been a sequel? It, yeah, like so Stieg Larson's mm. family kind of he had some manuscripts that were still left around for more books and so I believe that they were involved the, with getting people the, to the weirdest posthumous releases of all one of the most lucrative posthumous yes. releases of all time by the time right. the yeah. author of these books uh, by the time these books were selling he was dead yeah and yes exactly and the book the movie that just came out with Claire Foy I have not seen it and it's not based off of the original Steve Larson there's none left. books because there are none left but mm-hmm. I believe that maybe think it might be based off of some ideas, um, outlines, okay. or manuscripts he might have left behind that people have come in and, and doctored a little bit. I'm not sure. So but, I, well, I remember this movie. This is like in the very, very, very early days of Netflix streaming. Like mm-hmm. I remember like, did you did you try it out? I'm like, yeah, you can only look at it on your desktop. And there's like not a lot of choices. Mm-hmm. But this was one of them. They had Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, one of the few movies you could stream on very early Netflix streaming. Here's what that sounded like. International sensation. Her secrets have captivated millions. Her story is a literary and movie phenomenon. This movie is in a different language, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. I will talk no, a lot. Exactly. <laughs> We're, we got a cover of this movie is in Swedish yeah. with Numi Rapaz and Michael Nyquist. <laughs> <laughs> Which just just to juxtapose it with Fincher's trailer. There's no dialogue. That's true. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 But um, it, it, yeah. so in this movie, I mean, I guess the plot is basically that uh, Michael Nyquist plays a, is he a journalist in the book? Yeah. Too? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's one of my problems with, with the book and carries over somewhat to the movies in that there's this background of him getting sued because of the journalism stuff and they're going to, oh no, what's going to happen to his magazine? And sometimes that distracts right also i listen to these as audiobooks and the guy who does the audiobooks does voices for everybody but his voice for his boss at the magazine sounds just like c-3po 
<laughs> and it would drive me so insane. I would just laugh so and laugh funny. and laugh. So I like I probably missed some stuff from that subplot because I, I was too busy laughing. <laughs> I was just really happy to watch the movie because I was like, that's how all these places and names are pronounced because I read the book. And so I would just get to a name that had like a bunch of consonants in a row that didn't seem to fit together. And it would just be like, there's, there's got to be a word for that kind of stupidity because by the time yeah. I watch Game of Thrones, I'm like, okay, right, that's, that's, been, that's been over a decade of saying mm-hmm. that in my head incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Glad I I didn't have a lot of conversations about this. Right. Uh, but Robert yeah. Barathone. Whoops. Uh, m- messed it up on my first read. My first Hermione reading. One, <laughs> Hermione one. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically that Michael Nykvist is a, um, a reporter who is hired by an older man who's kind of at the end of his life to find out what happened to his beloved niece who mm. had disappeared uh, like 30 years previously. She was in a snuff film that Nicolas Cage found. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Not terribly far from what actually happens. And then um, Lisbeth Salander is the main female character. And she is like this hard-ass hacker who is part of the foster care system sort of in a way in Sweden. And she has to put up with a lot of shit. And she's a real badass. Mm. And they solve this mystery. And it is horrific. Mm. But it's great. And, uh, well, a hard pivot into the second to last movie we'll be talking about. It's somehow least depressing than a movie that's even worse. Uh, but I do want to point out, now that it's been 10 years, I think we can officially call this the 3D trend. It will really kick mm-hmm. in at a very high point at the end of the year. But it's happening right now. And uh, to prove that, they released Jonas Brothers, the 3D experience. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, I'm not, this isn't to call it a simple process, but... Filming a band with the 3D technology was a lot easier than trying to squeeze in special effects mm. and something on an open set. So it was so a couple we had a couple 3D concert films. It's kind of a cool idea. Maybe <laughs> you could have done it with someone that's not the Jonas Brothers, and I would have cared more. I'm not saying they're not great. Who doesn't love Naked Beach Party? That's them, right? That's actually Ren and Snippy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know how I confuse them. <laughs> uh, but Jonas Brothers, a 3D uh, concert experience. And the biggest movie of the week, without a doubt, <laughs> is uh, <laughs> Christine Crook, Neil McDonough, Moonblood Good, Michael Clark Duncan, and Sir Chris Klein in uh, Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li. February 27th, Street Fighter comes to life only in theaters. Experience the legend like never before. Street Fighter, with PG-13. So last, oh, just last week, I didn't know these were so close. Street Fighter 4 relaunches yeah. itself, makes the old audience happy, finds itself a new mega audience. Just it, You couldn't have a better brand relaunch than Street Fighter 4. And I did not remember this being the fucking week afterwards. the One of the worst treatments to one of the most well-regarded franchises of all time. <laughs> And I always like very rarely someone asks me about this, and I have to say, like disclosure, I for a few years worked at the company Capcom, who makes Street Fighter. And then uh, someone asked, someone asked me, "Dude, Legend of Chun Li, Street Fighter." I'm like, you know, I heard a ton of anecdotes uh, about the old movie, about anything you think of. Some stuff I can never tell you. No one ever once mentioned this film. Hmm. It's like it's <laughs> either in that area of pain or like. We wash our hands of this. This it's is all a, no one talks about. This is all on the movie studio. We <laughs> yeah. want nothing to do with this. That I never heard one person who worked at that company ever mention this product, even over drinks and blackmail. Never heard shit. In the office, they still had the outfit worn by Jean Claude Van Damme, which you and I'm like, let me try that on. I'm like, Ooh. 
He is so much smaller than me. Oh my God, I cannot fit this at all. Only like the women can wear it. <laughs> His guile uniform. Like fat guy in a tiny vest or whatever yeah. he wore. <laughs> fat, yeah, fat guy in little damn. Yeah. Uh, speaking of guile, any fans out there? You like Ryu? Too bad, not in this movie. Uh, Chun-Li, oh. it has five. <laughs> this this movie came out with fewer characters than were in the original Street Fighter. Mm. Uh, five characters, all your favorites, like Balrog and Charlie Nash. What? What the fuck? And it seems like they only use Balrog because Michael Clark Duncan is black and they got him to be in the movie. It's utterly I, ridiculous. I mean, in some ways I feel like, well, that's good because part of what makes the Jean-Claude Van Damme Street Fighter so goofy is they've got so many characters they're trying to just cram in there like crazy but you don't need okay the idea of just doing like one character story fine i I think you can have eight characters in there and knowing street fighter as well as i do none of them needed to be charlie nash (laughs) this movie Okay, let's uh, Diana. Um, I know you've I've okay. seen this like three times. Uh, this is uh, yeah, I think I have too because it's one of those just like I watched. I went over to my friend's house because we do bad movies every week, and then it was so bad. I was like, I have to, I have to share this. It's like <laughs> watching the tape from the ring. If I don't show it to someone else, I die. So obviously, I have to show it to my husband Michael because he is a video game fan, and I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting into, and we watch it. He's so blown away that he ends up he wrote a dvd review for games radar which i found is still online oh so that his um, name on it brings it? up <laughs> yep still oh. his name on it and it, it brings up a lot of the i mean he he critiques it more comparing it to the games as opposed to just as a movie we might have like our worst movie of the year right here wow it's it's exceptionally so bad dumb and i don't know how to talk about it because like when street fighter the 94 one came out i was livid i was a huge street fighter fan it hurt it was so bad it hurt me but now it's fun it's fucking hilarious it's fun to watch it doesn't hurt there's better representations of street fighter out there street fighter's still alive and well i didn't i don't need anything from this movie anymore i don't know that i'd say the same about this it's like just like, like legit bad mm. and boring it's so it's so bad and so nonsensical so christian Kruek, who i guess was on smallville mm-hmm. um who is half asian asian enough chun li <laughs> chinese chun li who's a concert pianist i think and then she like gets a magic scroll that tells her to go <laughs> to Thailand where she has to deal with M. Bison, who's Neil Madonna doing an Irish accent. No, um, the Thai Shadaloo M. Bison. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, seriously, my, my favorite thing about how stupid this movie is, is that he's he says, oh, I, I'm an Irish guy. My parents are Irish uh missionaries that came here to thailand and then they died when i was a toddler it's like then why do you and and then i grew up on the streets of, of shanghai mean streets fighting my way up like, well then why do you have an irish accent yeah, <laughs> you don't even have an irish accent in real life why did you bring it to this role in this movie Nick, Nick, Nick <laughs> and but none of that none of that can compare to the performance of sir chris klein i have, oh good god it is it is so it is so wonderful there's a so many great YouTube clips online where people do mashups, but he is doing like he's he. I feel like he's the only one who knows what kind of movie he's in because mm. he's like I don't know, I don't know. I think he thinks he's Keanu Reeves now. <laughs> I think he knows I'm he's not in something sure what he thinks really bad, and the only way he's going to make any kind of a splasher because his scene should be fucking boring, but he is transfixing because he is. 
I don't know. He is channeling like Clint Eastwood mixed in with George Clooney's head and doing the serpentine <laughs> thing with slicked back hair. Charlie Nash, by the way, is a Guile's former partner who dies and appears in Alpha. I have no idea why Charlie Nash is in this movie, but uh, he plays Nash. He, but he's like an Interpol cop. Oh, he's a he's a I member guess. of the World Police. And every line oh, okay. of his, World that's his, his lines are, it's one of the silliest performances I've ever seen. Homicide. I love this job. Call me Nash. New Year's come early? Yeah, Last Supper. And he serves them their own heads. You just inherited a big problem. <laughs> so, Sarah's, it, it works better with visuals, but oh like... Oh my God, he look... It, it's, every it's line, he, every he's line, he, he acts like he's looking into the sun yeah. and squints his face and pushes it up. <laughs> Uh, and the camera just de- deliberately zooms in on him almost every last line of his scene. Mm-hmm. It's one of the silliest things I've ever seen. Oh, poor guy. Oh, man. I remember they gave us yeah. so many co- I have so many copies of this movie <laughs> from my times in the game industry. You need to give them out for Halloween. It, it's, yeah. Th- yeah, it's where they can be treated like fucking raisinets. Then, yeah, then you'll <laughs> get Leave egged. them on my front porch. <laughs> Uh, this movie is ridiculously bad, and I get oh, it's so bad. And I, I don't, I don't oh my know. My God, it's so bad. And then later, like Neil McDonough has another flashback, but not about his Irish parents, but this time about like his wife was pregnant, and then he did some sort of voodoo murder ceremony that would like make his kid a horcrux for him. Oh, what does no. this have to do with anything? Oh, but all his plan is some sort of real estate thing, and. <laughs> It always what? comes back to real estate, y'all. <laughs> what? It makes Shadowloo its what own country. What does it have to do with anything? <sighs> wow. I don't know. Oh, okay. And the best bad part about it, the spinning bird kick. When they finally it, see that amazing. move, the upside it's down, uh, mm. thighs in the air, uh, pointed at God, ladies, spinning bird kick is in this film, and it is. Uh, oh, it is <laughs> so bad. Oh. <sighs> uh, Okay, let's move on oh, to the television. Yeah. Um, television of 2009, uh, February 22nd through the 28th, we have the Oscars. Yay. We have the Oscars. Yay. I guess that'll be a good way to transition from the movies. Yeah, hosted uh, by Huge Ackman. Oh, this is his... He's, has he done twice? Action. And this is where I think most of the world found out, like, uh, Huge Ackman's gay. No, that he's <laughs> he's a multi-talented man. Yes. That he's a singer. I don't think anybody would have known he was a singer-dancer at this point. He did. And the... The opening, the conceit of the, you know, going through all the best pictures that are nominated and everything was pretty cute. They did sort of a thing mm-hmm. where they rolled out these homemade sets and he kind of did a little mm-hmm. ditty or something from it. But I'm curious because there's one part where he's like, they he's doing a Frost Nixon bit and mm-hmm. he goes in the audience and grabs um, Anne Hathaway from the front row to have her like you know, act against him in it. And this is where we see mm-hmm. Anne Hathaway start to bust out some of her drama kid chops where she's like singing. Right, I too and remember it's that. super... And she would host like a, a couple years later. Yeah, it's real yeah. cringy. And I don't have the Anne Hathaway hate that a lot of people do, but I do kind of feel like this is the beginning of where that started, I think, a little bit because... Mm. It's real cringy. It's like she's like really doing it, y'all. And you can tell she's up there and yeah. she's like, this is my dream come true. I'm singing in front of everyone. And it's it's a lot to take in. <sighs> it's a bit. I, it's pretty cute. I, I rewatched that uh, online just thinking, oh, this year's such a clusterfuck. I miss having some singing and dancing. Someone who can do a bunch of different things as host mm-hmm. instead of having uh, no host, no host at all. And yeah, Slumdog Millionaire won. 
<laughs> won a lot. Won best director, yeah, won best picture, picture, best um, adapted screenplay. Kate screen Winslet play. finally got an Oscar. God damn it! For the horribly depressing movie The Peter we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Sean Penn. And, yeah, to to avoid having to do a song and dance about a movie that's basically about the Holocaust, uh, the bit is I haven't seen the reader. I was trying to get to the theater, but there was a line, so I haven't seen the reader. I don't know what it's about. Mm, that's hilarious. that's the bit. That's a good move. <laughs> that's a good move. It's like, yeah. Otherwise, I don't know what else you're gonna do. Yeah. Uh, I didn't remember Pen- Penelope Cruz winning an Oscar. Yeah, didn't remember that from Vicky Cruz of Barcelona. Um, Milk won for best original screenplay and uh, actor Sean Penn. And the one thing that I'm sure everybody remembers—it's the greatest thing the Oscars have, have has ever done. Wally won for best animated film. Yeah. I'm only partially kidding. Uh, Heath Ledger posthumously took home an Oscar for his performance as the yeah. Joker uh, in The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. which I think is. That that is a big posthumous asterisk because they would not have, he would not have taken that award otherwise, but it is our first yeah. superhero character to win an Oscar. Yeah, and um, I don't think any there are no performances from Black Panther nominated this this year. You'll yeah. know the answers by the time most of you hear this, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I, I'd be very curious to see if we'll ever see that again. Maybe when they adapt yep. like a mouse into a fucking. <laughs> yeah, well maybe. i mean technically we we have ha- i mean well road to perdition that's, that's true when i go back to road the, to perdition is a graphic novel it is a so. graphic novel that is correct um yeah and uh it was i don't know i don't, I don't even think i watched this year oh man on wire won for best documentary that's a lovely one and yeah. uh art direction benjamin button boring 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 benjamin button sweeping all the and slub dog millionaire taking all the you know, what do you call the what do you call those awards like the visually the visual the technical ones yeah, yeah the, the dark sound. room awards yeah. the people who don't do the interviews yeah. uh awards but uh yeah the ones with the cutest thank you speeches usually <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah that's that that about wraps up the 2009 oscars let's get into the real television of this week uh, the twenty second up against the Oscars. Come on, HBO. Why are you pitting Flight of the Concords? Just yeah. two guys pitting them against the Oscars. A cute little episode about when they both fall in love with the same girl. I remember this. Yeah, you and play a little like I just grabbed a clip of it. I think you should probably be able to tell who that girl is from her voice. And then of course they immediately go into an adorable song. And I'm just really worried. He has canine epilepsy. Oh, Terrible affliction. Yeah. I'm Barbara, by the way. Great. Great. Well, um, if you see him, I'll be walking around. So, um, yeah. thanks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye. I think I've fallen in love with a girl. I'm serious. Ooh, that's great news. But tell me about that girl that's so serious. Well, I don't really know her. Oh, that don't sound so serious. We're serious. I'm delirious. Sound serious. Yeah, that's cool. cute. <laughs> I, I love this I show. I love it when, I, yeah. And it's it's one of those those like perfect rewatches. There's only like it 12 is. episodes and like they quit. They quit. They, I think they just said like, and we couldn't write all, couldn't write that many songs. <laughs> First year was all of our songs. That's true. And the second year we had to write all new songs. Took a long time. Yeah. I don't know why they're the Beatles. They're from New Zealand. <laughs> Um, but that was Kristen Wiig at the beginning. Kristen Wiig uh, hey. playing the girl that Brett, Brit and Jemaine are both in love, <laughs> love with. Uh, and speaking of HBO, uh, Diamond Dog Dave Rudden pointed out to me, like, I didn't see this guy in the art. I think you fucked up. Mm. And by that, he meant uh, uh, Kenny Powers. Yeah. He's like, Kenny, yeah. you, do, you do know Eastbound and Down premiered tw- 10 years ago mm-hmm. and is another, like, I think there might be an extra season in there that's a little superfluous, but it's it's a... Sort of a perfect series. I love Eastbound and Down. It's great. Oh, damn. It's yeah. Cool. You might not love uh, Danny McBride's character, 
and by that I mean one character that he plays at different volumes, <laughs> but this is the highest volume that he plays that kind of character, and I just wanted to grab you a clip from the opening, the first episode, because in order to establish who the character is, he kind of repeatedly listens to his own book on tape. <laughs> called I'm fucking out you're fucking in and uh this this is a great clip of him uh, his book on tape tell you everything you need to know about Kenny Powers Undaunted I knew the game was mine to win just like in life all of my successes depend on me I'm the man who has the ball I'm the man who can throw it faster than fuck so that is why I am better than everyone in the world Kiss my ass and suck my dick, everyone. You've reached the end of cassette number three. <laughs> uh, Kenny Powers, uh, baseball star, fallen from grace so hard that he has to go take a job teaching at his uh, former high school after mm-hmm. being one of the richest athletes in the world. And the show goes to some really weird areas, but I really love that Danny McBride character. He kind of so good. plays yeah. the same character in all movies, but like I, I still love it. Mm-hmm. And this is where we meet yeah. uh, Katie Mixon too, yeah. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love her. She's a hometown girl from Pensacola. And that's that's the weird thing. Like, I And think... she looks like it, by the way. That is what all the girls look like in Pensacola. <laughs> it was perfect. She is a very, that is a panhandle look to yeah. the T. Yeah, the, the homespun hottie. Yeah. And, and, and like the whole cast in between, like, HBO kind of not giving a shit about the show, like, eh, it's not winning any awards, but it doesn't cost much. I guess we'll keep making it. The, the whole cast kind of moves, like, goes to other bigger projects. Mm-hmm. But the first episode is, like, uh, John Hawks is his brother. Mm-hmm. And Katie mm-hmm. Moxon. Mixon. Uh, Andy Daly. Yes. It's fucking fantastic. Oh he is, he's in everything. I know, but he has, like, he's always playing, like, the, ah, I am the, yeah. the peppy, well-spoken, <laughs> silly character. And he gets drunk in, like, the third episode of the show and says some of the meanest shit I've ever seen, like, a when, character of his say. When Andy Daly does dark stuff, <laughs> it is... It's my favorite because it is shocking. <laughs> but I, I, I really did like this show. I had so much fun with it. Um, yeah, it's fun. My only problem with the show is I can't binge more than maybe two episodes at a time mm-hmm. because he's so horrible. Yes. That, like I start getting angry. I kind of agree with you. Like, yeah. I, now I'm just getting pissed off. I'm spending so much time with this asshole. I just want to yell at him. God damn it. All right. I need to take a break. Yeah, mm-hmm. come back to this. This is, who, but it is essentially who the president wishes he was or could. Say. He wishes, <laughs> it is exactly who he is and how he feels about himself. I'm just like I've been told oh not to God. curse that much. I'm giving speeches oh, in the so Rose right. Garden. Um, but he's been in down rules. Second episode airs this week. Uh, True Beauty. Speaking of horrible finale. people, this True I, Detective for girls. No, what is <laughs> that? So funny. I don't even know. <laughs> you know, girls are detectives too. <laughs> Not, not in the 80s. It wasn't allowed. <laughs> We're not in the 80s. We're in 2009, where there are still reality shows being made called True Beauty, where basically you trap a lot of people in a house who are conventionally attractive slash think they're beautiful, and they think that they're in like a beauty contest where they win like $100,000, but in reality, they're secretly being put to the test for like different morality situations and like oh to test whether or not they're actually good people. Uh, this ran for two seasons. Oh my God, that dog is choking. Almost, um, yeah. <laughs> almost every episode I think is on ah. YouTube. It is shocking it's the milgram experiment <laughs> the tv show <laughs> so like oh, that that God. piece the news does like every couple of months where they like leave a cupcake or a bag of money on the street and <laughs> yeah wait what and see would you do what would you do yeah yeah uh the show but with pretty people yeah yeah okay. conventionally attractive people is how i would put that i know what we are you don't have to <laughs> don't have to explain mm-hmm. it to me 
Um, he says as his gut begins to endure severe pain at the <laughs> unrelenting pants as it pushes up against it. Um, it and also so a very special of thirty episode of Thirty Rock. Larry King, you'll never guess who's in it. Yeah, um, I don't know what this clip after is. this uh, Asian economic meltdown. <laughs> Tracy Morgan is on, or Tracy Jordan mm-hmm. is the character's name, right? Don't I slip can up. Never yeah. get those right. They made them very distinctive yeah. on purpose, right? Uh, he's on Larry King and just starts giving out very questionable economic <laughs> advice to people. <laughs> and did you get hold of guys? No. Did you try his mistress? Not there. How about his manstress? Nothing. I think we should listen to Tracy Jordan and panic, sir. What? I'm saying the Disneyfication of New York is over, everyone. At the stroke of midnight, your Lexus is going to turn back into a hot pile of rats fighting over a human finger. Joining us on the phone is GE Vice President Jack Donaghy. Jack, what's your outlook on all of this? I just want to preach caution, Larry. If there were anything to worry about, I would be at my office instead of at home right now with my beautiful girlfriend. She's Latin. Expand on that. Look, my point is that some of the things that Tracy is saying are just fanning the flames. Hang on. I know Jack Donaghy, and that is an imposter. Hang up. Hang up on him, Larry. I'm going to, but not because you told me. Lincoln, Nebraska, you are on the air. <laughs> oh, man. God, I forgot so how much good. I love this and show. And then uh, Salma Hayek bursts in because she's playing his uh, mm-hmm. girlfriend at the time. Yeah, this is a great one. Holy shit, I can't believe the show's 10 years old. Also, I really enjoy the concept of a manstress. A manstress. <laughs> <laughs> his guys was uh, Will Arnett, right? Yes, I think so. The, the yeah. pansexual uh, CEO <laughs> rival of Jack Donaghy. God damn it. And uh, we just talked about the movie uh, Dick. With, uh, Dick Cheney. I forget my favorite 30... Nope, it's Vice. called Vice. Vice with Dick Cheney and my favorite throwaway joke. Like, this is... never had this much fun since I went manatee hunting with Dick Cheney. And they just flash <laughs> to a picture and it's Dick Cheney standing next to a hung manatee with like a thumbs up and a shotgun. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, listen to our Oscar show is what I'm saying. Speaking of Will Arnett, this is crazy, by the way. So This is an insane week for schadenfreude games. Mm. Oh, there's almost okay. too many to mention. Um, Eat Lead, The Return of Matt Hazard. Uh, that is, it, I remember doing something with your husband. I think we it was this year called The Unfunny Games of March. And comedy is a genre that doesn't work in video games very well. But Will Arnett played the lead, the fake Duke Nukem-esque Matt Hazard, who is a washed up video game star. I think his, I think his sidekick is Neil Patrick Harris, but it was like this... Shooter that was like based in comedy, mm-hmm. and it doesn't. Hmm. It does. It turns mm. out making a show like Thirty Rock takes real comedians and writers forever. <laughs> making a thirty-hour game, Imagine. if you think you can make that funny, no, it's not going to work. Uh, also, the almost uh, most unintentionally funniest, greatest game of all time: Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand. I've heard of Blood on the Sand. It's that's the thing. It's a great game. When the co-op worked, it was. But the plot is <laughs> your fifty cent, and uh, is it is it G Unit? Is that who he's, he's affiliated mm, with? I think so. Yes. You all so. go to the Middle East uh, to play a concert, and then get caught up in a ring of sm- diamond smuggling, and then uh-huh, basically uh-huh, uh-huh. all of yep. those characters end up shooting the shit out of a bunch of uh, Middle Easterners, and it is Yikes. it is high polished and triple A. And why does this vanity project exist? Huh. Uh, but it's it's fucking fun. It really is, and and hilarious in a Street Fighter '94 kind of way. Mm-hmm. Tom Clancy's End War is out. I'm not sure, but that might be the game that you controlled with voice controls. Uh, left tank move. 
I cannot remember. I'm doing this on the fly oh, right now. I usually prepare a little more than this. The Wii's awful Dead Rising chop till you drop. Dead Rising was a, one of the first big splashes in the Xbox 360. The underpowered Wii, standard definition, had to get its own weak version that relied on waggle, waggle controls and nobody liked it. Puzzle yeah. Quest, one of the greatest games uh, no one ever expected. It's like Bejeweled if every yes. jewel had a power. I played this. It's really good. This is a game I played. It's, you have? Yay. Yes. What did you play it on? Do you remember? Phone? Whatever my partner had in his DS, house Nintendo at the DS. time. It's, yeah, it's great. Nope, but it, it was on a big TV. Oh, it, it came out It came out for Xbox 360, but it has it's like Bejeweled. It has a story. Each yes. gem is in, embodies a certain kind of mana, so you want, you're encouraged to match the right kind of gems to pull off the best spells. Right. I've been trying to remember the name of this game for a very long time, by the way. This is amazing. And it's Bejeweled, essentially. And it was yeah. it was like an incredible success because no one expected this to be as, as engrossing as it was. And the sequel was kind of a huge letdown hmm. because yeah. it's like, we're going to do the same thing, but it'll be in space. And like, oh, yes, mm. no medieval story. Mm-hmm. I hate medieval story. I don't hate medieval stories. I, I pref- love them. I prefer, okay. I prefer lasers over swords. It's just me. Mm. Uh, but they, they changed the Bejeweled into Hexic, the mm. hexagonal match three thing and the mm. game wasn't as fun the mm. load times were incredible it wasn't a bad game it just wasn't the proper puzzle quest sequel anybody wanted but puzzle quest galactrix is out this week and onto the big and uh oh peggle peggle comes to uh <gasps> ds <did> too. <laughs> peggle comes to ds with dual uh dual shot and uh last but not least we have two big games this is how you knew what side of the console were you were on. Did you get Halo Wars or Killzone 2? Halo Wars being the uh, the strategy game and Killzone 2 being um, a parody of the entire genre that we all thought was important. But um, <laughs> Killzone 2 is just a pretty game where you kill things. Uh, it's I've never been a fan. Anyway, uh, that is it for video games. And that about wraps up 302010. You can find out more about us at 302010.net or lasertimepodcast.com. And you should know this whole Lasertime network is supported by the fine people at patreon.com slash lasertime. That includes this show, Lasertime, which this week is all about the goddamn Oscars. Go listen to that show. Yes. Uh, sketches, reviews, uh, Andrew Dice Clay impersonations. I don't know how <laughs> what I need to do to get you to listen. And video game Stop. apocalypse. Dancing that you can't see. Yeah. <laughs> I did some space work. <laughs> we also have video game apocalypse, our weekly video game show where we talk more in depth about games like the ones I just tried to rattle off. And uh, an exclusive weekly bonus show, uh, Page, uh, bonus time tentatively called bonus time even though there's been 180 episodes we haven't thought of anything better uh you get that over 100 movie commentaries exclusive live streams we're looking to beef all that up and uh, right now we still have a, an idea idea submission thing going on for our, our uh, 10 dollar level patrons who want to tell us what to talk about on laser time hmm. and more about that very soon but thank you thank those people so so very much we love our patrons diana where can people find you uh, they can find me on Twitter at listeninerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or at 302010podcast, where we talk about this episode and what's coming up next and stuff. Read your comments. You can have for our comments show. You know, stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There's still a brand new comment show for you 302010ers out there to enjoy. Uh, for, and the only thing you have to pay for is a minor, a minor gate for helping your favorite podcast network stay on the air. So thank you guys so much for that. Um, Diana, who dad? Well, we only have one death this week. Uh, 2009, we lost Paul Harvey, the radio host. He was 90. Um, looking into him, I just remembered, oh, he's really folksy, sweet sort of guy. And, and I didn't that little realize. boy who nobody liked grew up to yeah. be Abraham yeah. Lincoln. 
and now, now you know the rest, the rest of, the of the story. Sarah's looking at me like I'm nuts, but like, yeah, we 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 never flew to see our family. We drove, so I I I know Paul Harvey very well, and oh. it's, I I think it it has some record for the longest running show. Okay, because I can believe he, that. his show I mean, it like started in World War Two. <laughs> it started during World War Two, and he did it up until the t- like the two thousands, mm-hmm. the, the aughts, mm-hmm. and uh, he and he did it kind of sporadically, but like at the end but like it never went away and he kept doing it up until his death and uh yeah paul harvey ladies and gentlemen yep. i did not know how far right he was though that he was friends with j edgar hoover and joseph mccarthy oh my mm. so <laughs> that brings him a little bit down in my estimation but that's just me now, well diana now you know the rest of the story <laughs> i know i know <laughs> the rest of the story <laughs> and okay so with the deaths come but the b- b- births let's talk about oh, birthdays to counteract that my just negative comments I just made, we have someone, I, I don't know if I can find a fault with this person. He's Ooh. a wonderful person. Born February 22nd, 1959. Chris no, it's not my birthday. Happy 60th birthday to someone who does not look 60, first of all, looking good. Paul Rudd. <laughs> I gotta get out ahead of Sarah. Okay. Last time. But uh, born February 22nd, 1959 in Yakima, Washington. He's got 73 credits on IMDb. Mm. Alternating between movies and TV pretty regularly. Um, stuff of his that we have talked about is one movie that would give it away, so I'm going to skip that one. Uh, but Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants 2, Desperate Housewives and the Hidden. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin? Good one! <laughs> the Hidden is amazing, by oh the way. My God. It's because we watched I... The Hidden. I know. I thought about not saying that Blue Velvet is obviously the one that would give it away. Yes. Yeah. I love but him. I was surprised we hadn't talked about that much that he's been in, but this next year, when we get into the O's, mm. we're going to have him in three great shows in three great decades. Huh. We got How you How I Met Your Mother, yep. Sex in the City, and Twin Peaks. And wow. We're going to all cover them all next year. Oh, I need oh to jump gosh. back into Twin Peaks. So excited. Yes, bitch. Did you see those new uh, Criterion releases are all David Lynch stuff. Oh. Firewalk yeah. with me and Blue Velvet. Oh, very excited. Um, but that about it. That's about it for the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. I got to say that this show is executive produced by Raymond Covey and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time. We appreciate you guys very, very much. Let's close out with Osaya. Osaya? Let's close out with Osaya, the, uh, the Slumdog, uh, from Slumdog Millionaire, the other Oscar nominated song beside Jai Ho and Wally's Down to Earth. Uh, did it win this week? Nope. No, Jai Ho. It did, of course. But we already played that. We already did. So let's and we close already out. played Down to Earth because it's great. So. so here is Osaya. Tune in next week, people. It only gets better from here. Ooh.